Hello, and welcome to the Salacast. On Sunday, the 17th of May, 2020, I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Fuzz. And Robert Kemp. Oh, quick, the fuzz are coming. <laughs> Who doesn't love fuzz? It's like a nice thing to run your fingers through. And they're uh, fuzzies. Like, fuzz can feel quite weird when you run your hand over it. And it's like fuzz fuzz, not like hair <laughs> yeah fair is that like i don't know it depends like if, it's, if you're talking like top of head fuzz that's the sort of word i'd associate with like i don't know it's been it's been cut quite short and it's not quite hair yet but it's a bit longer than stubble so it's not quite soft enough but not yeah fuzz is not a good adjective for like a beard is it you don't want no no i don't know fuzz. Yeah, I don't think I'm in. I think I'm past fuzz phase. It's pretty good for a guitar tone, though. Yes, L- love me some <laughs> you fuzz. You want a proper fuzz? Yeah. The fuzz love face. Fuzz face. Yeah. Fuzz right in your face. The classic fuzz. Cover all of the EQ spectrum, so it's really irritating to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Just hard clip that eh, mofo. Clip it on down. Cut out the mids so there's some room for the vocals. That's how it's done. There you go. That's my EQ masterclass for the week. <laughs> is that how it's done? I mean, the trick to a good EQ is more about subtraction than addition. I don't know why that required the Lloyd Grossman voice, but... How do you... Oh, oh I see. Boosting the signal in certain... Ranges, but then it's going to clip. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Or, or you muddy it or things like that. It's like, so sometimes it's way more effective to try and subtract some other elements. You've got to boost the mids if you've got to, if you want to cut through though, you want to be heard. <laughs> if you're playing a gig. Ah, but it's, it's about timing. Yeah, it's true. That's probably why gigs, I don't know. I've always had a slight problem with live sound design, but I sort of understand why because it's well, yeah. hard to do live. Um, like, I mean, it's really hard, right? Production, yeah. Because you, know, you lose the top end and you lose the and the bass gets all muddy, so you end up in the middle, all competing with each other. Yeah, exactly. And it just ends up being a a fuzzy mess. Uh. Sometimes they seem to get it right, though. I don't know how they do it. Uh, yeah, don't overamp it and play it in tiny, tiny pubs. I think that's the clue. <laughs> I guess. But once you get the whole big gig situation with the PA, you have a lot more control over it, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, because the problem with, like, small pub gigs or whatever is that the drum kit is always going to be there and it's always going to be loud. Yeah. And so Indeed. you've got to work hard to counteract that with everything else bouncing crazily off the weird angled black painted walls (laughs) in the tiniest corner that they decided to put you in for some reason it's a yeah it's a dark art Uh, what annoys me most actually is i don't mind that too much i mean yeah it's easy to get wrong way harder to get right but it's when tv gets it wrong that really bothers me where it's just like, oh, why have they mic'd the vocalist so loud or often so quiet? It's all drum up in here. 
Hmm. I mean, they do a good job on shows where they've been doing it for years, like later. Yes, Jules Holland is one of the better examples for sure. But often those are done with like their own, sometimes like their, their own sound guys for the band, and it doesn't always work. Even on later, it can yeah. can sometimes go awry. I mean, later has the uh, has the uh, advantage that a lot of the music is jazz based, and they've got that down. <laughs> it's not too heavy. It, yeah, I guess probably records a bit better. Yeah. I don't I really know, understand even, how even you're supposed to do... Work. I mean, I don't listen to it, but like classical stuff has such crazy dynamic range. I don't understand yeah. how it's supposed to work on Radio 3 or whatever. Well, Especially, they actually, actually keep a great deal of the range. On, yeah. On, like, you know, they don't... They don't oh, you know, you listen to the radio, right? it. it's hugely compressed, right? Yeah, normally. Yeah. And, and done in a very specific way to give that radio feel. So even when they moved to digital... They, they kept, kept all that compression chain. Yeah, it's true. Which is kind of annoying. I kind of always hoped that the, the move to DAB and things like that would mean they would just... Uh, Broadcast, you know, like, the CD kind of range. Yeah, relax it a little bit, because they probably could. Um, but it's still quite... Well, DAB is kind of a weird place anyway, right? Because a lot of radio stations on DAB can't broadcast in stereo because they don't have the bandwidth. It's, yeah, it's all messed which up. Is, which is weird. <laughs> Just, just go fully, fully IP based, right? Online radio, surely. What you need it, surely they should make. I don't know. Getting, I don't understand what happened with, with, with radios. Yeah, surely they can make radios now that like are just Internet of Things devices that can just stream from. I mean, that's what Alexa is, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You just uh, tell it to play some radio, and it goes and asks Tune In to go and stream it to you. Yeah. And then, uh, have you ever tried... in a car, right? You have to use your mobile data rate to do that. Yeah, but I mean, it won't be long before that doesn't matter anymore, right? I don't know. Maybe not, but and and there has to be some level of like, well, we've still we've still got normal radio, I suppose. There has to be some coverage of something, right? Or emergency broadcasts and all that jazz. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, but like, but like, presumably when five G is everywhere, which will take years, but then we could be streaming. Oh, we'll be dead. We'll be dead from coronavirus from five G master before then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or we'll all have been set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a, a done to death thing, but how? What? What thought process started? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. How does that even happen? <laughs> It's, just, it's, like, it's like an even more dumb version of chemtrails because at least chemtrails, it's like you can see the cloud things that are coming out of the engines. It's like, yeah, that it. makes some yeah. amount of sense. <laughs> well, presumably, I mean, I don't know, but presumably it's like coronavirus came from China. China. And <laughs> China are helping to build the 5G network. And the it's Americans, all Huawei, right? Supposedly. And um, there's a whole conspiracy about that. And they're all going to, it's all the surveillance thing. So obviously it all, it all. All adds up, doesn't it? I mean, it all, it's all connected. What, just... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> just no. Just it's, not like, it's not like I'm going to catch, catch malware, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same. Do you remember when, when, when mobile phones were new, people were genuinely worried about, like, you know, just putting oh, sure. a big antenna yeah. up to your head, whether it would hurt you? And, and all the... It's a whole extra like... burst of electromagnetism, like, yeah, yeah around you. There's, there is logic to that. 
they're totally what, especially when you were holding up these big Nokias up against your head or whatever, and and they probably weren't as efficient as like modern radio antennas sure. or whatever. They, yeah. uh, and and they, and it was like, is this a problem? Um, and everything at the time was like, we don't know because it hasn't been long enough. <laughs> And the problem is, is I reckon the technology moved on to different bands, different frequencies, different mm. Gs, before we really got any hard evidence about any yeah. of that stuff. So it's, it's like, yeah, we've, we've been exposing ourselves to a differing band all our lives rather than the same band. And I don't know how true that is, but I think there's a there's an element to that. Yeah. But I think, I mean, it's just not high enough power to, to even go through your, the start of your skin, is it? But anyway. I mean, they did at least eventually decide to confirm that probably using a mobile phone at a pe- petrol station won't make it explode. No, yeah. <laughs> I, think they, I think they got there, but it's still not enough for them to take the signs down, you know, and have people shout at you across the forecourt. They finally I got mean, rid Arguably, of you just don't want to be, like, distracted by something while you're pumping petrol anyway, really. That's probably wise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, make up some excuse. Like, they're finally getting rid of the whole turn your phone off on a plane thing haven't they uh, even for the for even the though time, airplane yeah. mode exists airplane mode or whatever they, still yeah, they can't rely on people turning shit on no I mean, obviously not reliable. they still generally ask you for that one takeoff and landing right because it's the most dangerous part of the flight but... yeah but they've started not doing that i think it's quite recent mm. um, but uh, i don't think that's all airlines but yeah obviously people don't do that so if it was an actual problem <laughs> yeah i know that's that is... It's the same thing as like this this current pandemic, right? Is the number of times I haven't I haven't flown a huge amount, right? But I've flown, and it's like and the number of the percentage of those times where I have been sat in the vicinity of someone who is like not following the very very clear guidelines to be like, hey guys, turn your phone off during takeoff and landing. Like, is, yeah, this is the airline's policy. Please do it. Yeah. And and like I've actually heard an elderly, well, not really elderly, but a bit older than us couple. Um, uh, sat next to me basically going oh they won't notice it'll be fine and i'm like i'm just sat there going you're kidding me right <laughs> it's like i'm noticing yeah well that just gives you the opportunity to yell at them before you all die <laughs> uh, <laughs> well yeah and just and just get like evils for the entire rest of the flight it's like yeah that's that's, that's a delicate balance that's why I said before you die, though. You don't actually oh, say okay. anything unless yeah. you're about to crash. And then you're like, you idiots. <laughs> this was your fault. <laughs> I blame you entirely. It's almost worth crashing, just so I can tell you off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the principle. <laughs> uh, it is fun giving evils to people who come more than two meters towards you. Mm. What the fuck although, are you doing? <laughs> although now, apparently, isn't, isn't London just its normal... I don't know, just massive people. No, wouldn't say so. No, they're not. Oh, I don't know, because I haven't been down there, obviously. Well, there's all those uh, photos of people on Wednesday going back to work and it being a mess. Yeah, well, it's it's because, like, there's no trains. So when the one does come, like, it crosses the people. Everyone still bundles on like idiots. There was a hilarious... um, People are idiots. um, I'm just going to put it out there. (laughs) It was this diagram (laughs) in The Guardian. probably nice. People are idiots. (laughs) Yeah, classic men in black. Um, there was, oh, is that what that's from? Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Yeah, it's from the original Men in Black film. It's like a person... Uh, Will, Will Smith is <laughs> like... it's just from like, Men in Black, though, right? That is actually yeah, obviously. A quote but from like, something else. Yeah, probably they, they borrowed it. But Will Smith is like, people are smart. They can handle the fact there's aliens. 
and Tommy Lee Jones is like, yeah, no, a person is smart, but people are stupid. <laughs> Dumb, mindless animals. All right. Uh, yeah, there was this, I don't know, someone must have had fun writing this article because it had animations and everything, but they were like, right, well, this is how many people usually use the tube and get on the train. So the train comes every two minutes on the on the northern line or whatever it is, and this many people get on the train, and this is how it looks in the rush hour. And so if we actually enforce the social distancing, this is the amount of people that can get on the train. So if the trains came at the same frequency, this is how long the queue would be. And they worked out that the queue, for they get, they used Clapham North as the example, mm-hmm. and they worked out that the queue would stretch back two stations to Clapham South. Or, no, yeah, to Clapham South, past Clapham Common to Clapham South. Yeah, right, so, so it's like... should walk to Clapham South, that's the lesson we take away from <laughs> Yeah, but then that'll have its own queue. <laughs> Two stops down the line to Barham or north. wherever the fuck it is, yeah. Or back to right. north, yeah, depending on which way you queue. It's like, it's just stupid. It's not going to work. But it was funny. They should have it so, well, surely, like, when people see the queue coming out the door, there'll be a lot of people that just go, nah, stop this, I'm going home. Yeah, and presumably. Like, that's, I mean, and that's the right approach to take. That is the right approach. I think the whole problem at the moment is like they no one's actually sorted out like rotors or whatever like people are me- like the businesses are meant to be having they're just like well, oh now we can come back to work and then everyone's like well i guess i'll go back to work then this is the I other know. people problem that even my mum picked up on right that like the, there's so many people who just turned up at their place of work that morning yeah like, right so what are we doing and it's like <laughs> you mean you didn't call ahead to find out what was happening or your company <laughs> didn't tell you it's like I don't know. I don't know. No Damn, one I know guys. has gone back to work. Uh, well, it's gone back to their place of work. No, no. Fortunately, that's that's the same here. Although I have I have noticed a significant uptick in traffic this week. Oh, you have hmm. just in general. Uh, yeah, a number of cars about when I've been out for a run has been hmm. dramatically higher. I have noticed that the construction industry is allowed to go back to work outside my bloody window. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, there's some places around here that were just just didn't stop though, like the big empty industrial park near where they're building the giant oh, white that cube. Thing. Yeah, that, that didn't stop. That carried right. on. Um, and also, there's a there's a house um, on my route that is clearly being worked on by people mm. in vans, and they didn't stop. But that's, well, that's maybe, maybe that's a family yeah. business or something. Maybe all those people. Yeah, maybe. And yeah, I think there were some even before this all went bad. There were some, there were some people we know directly that were still doing things here and there you know the odd jobsman and they said yeah no we're technically legally okay as long as as long as we keep distancing i'm very much hoping that like the charity shop doesn't reopen anytime soon because that's got to be like a giant (laughs) virus pool (laughs) it's like all this random shit covered in virus collected into one place but it's been sat there for two months, right? It would have all well, died the stuff there. in the shop, yes, but more donations. Oh yeah, donations. It's like you'd have to put them a, like you'd have to have a special like <laughs> donation cooling off zone. <laughs> it's like I just have... want to, I just want to go into like do it like I would in Oxford Not Included and just have just a room of chlorine <laughs> where you put everything in so all the <laughs> germs die off. So you've got the solutions we need for this uh, crisis, I think. <laughs> if only it was so easy. If only real human beings could just casually walk through a room with an arc with a pure chlorine atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go swimming more. Climatized. 
how that works, right? <laughs> Definitely. Absorb it through the skin. She breathes through her skin. Okay. <laughs> Who's that client? Video game reference. <laughs> Great. In there. Yeah, perfect. Exactly, great reference. Exactly. Uh, me to it, inverters. What was the weird virus in that? It was like it it colonized your vocal cords or some bullshit. What was the? Do you remember that? Yeah, I forget what it was called though. And it was like depended on the language Wal- you spoke Ga- or something. Gapia or something. Wal- oh yeah, Bacteria. <laughs> Maybe it was. I think it was bacterial actually, wasn't it? I don't. Yeah, know it, it, was, was it was like a smart bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could listen to words and certain words would set it off. <laughs> it was so weird. So I mean, languages would set it off. Well, I mean, well, back here it was well back here. Well, back here, yeah. I mean, I don't really remember. All I remember is the hamburgers of Kazarai Miller. <laughs> okay, Do you remember that? Time. I mean, no. But there were these tapes. A lot of that game I don't remember now. I think you had to get quite far, but like. Um, you know the code talker guy, who's the guy who knows about the the yeah, bacteria. Yeah, yeah. He there's a bunch of tapes where he's just talking to Miller about hamburgers and making the uh, ultimate hamburger. Oh, I didn't listen to all the tapes. Though. Yeah, that that was some of the best stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things because I was, and, and I was trying to play a few of them while I was playing the game, but it's like the problem is with that is you don't really pay attention to the tapes no. or the game. No, it's true. I might see someone's probably put the hamburgers of Kazarai Miller on YouTube just as a sequence. That must be. Probably called that. Video games. Games! Metal Gear Solid 5 is an old game now. It is now. Still a good one. Although, depending on... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a good game. Uh, In some ways it's amazing. In some ways it's broken. Uh, and the story Highly. is stupid but uh, and not finished, but I still think it's awesome. Yes. I am a fan of that game. And I think Zach should play it. Yeah, that's the silence we were looking for. Yeah, although he doesn't play third-person games at all. Is that is that right? I mean, Mass Effect. Yeah. <laughs> Does that count, though? It's, it's a third-person action-adventure shooter. I guess. Well, I think maybe shooters is slightly different. I mean, I suppose Metal Gear is technically a shooter. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it can be, I guess. A lot of games are third-person. I mean, <laughs> that's quite a big category to miss out, I suppose. There seems to be more third-person than first-person this day, these days, that's for sure. Years of War. Yeah, it's gear, is it Gears? What done it? Turned first person to third person. Tomb Raider. Yeah, well, that, that was might, always yeah. Yeah, exactly. That might have done it earlier. <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying because Gears is like a shooter, whereas Tomb Raider is isn't right. Well, I suppose it's, it's got shooting elements, but I suppose you don't aim. Yeah, it was all lock on back in the day. Yeah. Uh, there's news this week, isn't there? There is quite a bit of news. By recent standards. Yeah, things, there's stuff's happening. So, what's going on? What's going on in the world of news? Well, okay, I guess the first thing that, let's go chronological. The first thing that sort of happened was the uh, the Xbox. I said blocks, didn't I? Xbox. 
<laughs> Xbox quote unquote gameplay reveal. Right. That was what? Damn squib. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's a, it's a weird thing to do right now. I mean, I don't know why they felt like they needed to put that out, honestly. Um, we all knew that they were um, going to do something in place of E3 in July, So, and PlayStation haven't really been showing their hand. So no. it's not they weren't pressured to start putting out, um, I don't know, game announcements about Xbox Series X at this point. Um, but they did anyway. Um, and it, it wasn't was probably... a first-party gig. It was all third-party. Well, that's probably why. I bet, yeah. I bet the third parties want to start getting pre-orders for shit, even if Microsoft would rather have all of their stuff revealed at once in one big console-related really really thing. usually works, though, is it? They don't normally leave all of the... Oh, I suppose we haven't had the... Con- yeah, console reveals were, were kind of March-ish, I suppose, last-gen. So we, we, I guess we're a bit late, but... I don't think they would have minded waiting for like E3 time, but maybe they are pressured. Who knows? Um, yeah, so it was a third-party thing where the word gameplay has to be questioned because a great deal of it wasn't. Mm. And it's just like I, I, they they dropped the ball a little bit, and it's, it's it's kind of a bad way to actually just reveal, hey, this is what our console is capable of as well. It's like you want to come out there with something that's just like, no, this is this is like a tech demo almost. You kind of want to do that and just be like, boom, here you go, Series X. This is what we do, and then have the games follow. Um, but this this kind of ends up meaning that you get a what is effectively a one man studio, <laughs> like leading your visual fidelity reveal mm. in the form of Bright Memory Infinite, which, in fairness. If the whole thing about him being a one-man studio is legit, that's an impressive-looking thing. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, you know, looked like gameplay, <laughs> so that you know, I'll get, I'll give that opener some credit. Um, but it's, you know, it's something that it's not exactly a new product. Is the other part of that because it's been on Steam a while in the form of just bright memory. Um, so it's. Uh, all the, you know, the, the selling point here was like, yeah, but on Series X, I'm specifically targeting 4K60, and it will do that. And it's, uh, you know, it looked it looked pretty nice. Um, I think that game is like a run-based, um, sort of like randomly generated thing, a bit like a roguelike shooter, I suppose, with random scenarios thrown at you, if I remember correctly. Right. Because um, I have seen it pop up on Steam ages ago. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's just a weird way of opening, right? We haven't really, other than the, I don't know. We don't even know if that Halo in that first Halo Infinite reveal was technically running on Series X. We don't know that. Um, uh, and that cut opening, what looks like the opening cutscene to Halo Infinite, you know, we know that was running on Series X target hardware. Mm. I don't know if we've had the big wow moment from Xbox. Agreed. I mean, so what have they said? They said that this July event is going to have Halo Infinite, right? Yes, they're going to have the first party reveals in the July event. Um, and there's going to be another one before then. They're going to have another little thing in June. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's just a bit weird. It's just a bit weird. Kind of The info will get out there, but it's just weirdly deflating. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it's the best play. 
Sure. So that was Xbox's marketing attempt. Yeah, there was. You know, let's 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 not say this was a complete waste of time, though. There was there was some no. stuff of note here. Um, as I say, bright memory does look good, if nothing else. Um, uh, we got to see Dirt Five revealed. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and so there, that I mean, that hella looks like a dirt game, but they were touting yeah. that it's uh, you know running uh, on. It'll run at 4K 60 uh, on the Series X, but also they're touting this might be one of the, the first games we kind of know of that will have a proper 120 frames per second mode. Um, clearly not running at 4K. They've said that will drop res, but hey, 120 fr- frames per second games on console. We're entering that space finally. Hmm. And it, you could argue that that's already happened thanks to VR. Because PlayStation, some bit PlayStation VR stuff, I think, gets up to a hundred-ish, right? Something like that. Do um, do the new consoles have any kind of free sync? Like, or yes, whatever? the current oh. consoles have some free sync. Oh, uh, if you have a Series X, um, oh, not okay, Series current, X, sorry, yeah. an Xbox One X, um, that has free sync support in it, hmm. uh, or whatever. Uh, yeah, I guess it's free sync. It's some sort of variable refresh rate tech in there. Yeah. Um, not sure about the PlayStation. I'm not sure the Pro does have anything like that. Um, but yes, these new consoles will definitely have something like that, which is really nice. Uh, so we had that. What else was of interest? Um, a sort of weird-looking space shooter called Chorus? Yeah, I'm sort of curious. Not a I mean, gameplay trailer in any way, but... No, I want to know what gameplay is of a space shooter in this day and age, because they don't seem to exist anymore. No, or well, when they do, that. well, with, there's Everspace coming. Oh, right, Everspace yeah. 2, that looks all right. Um, and I suppose we had Eve Valkyrie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> no, but you're right, it's kind of a not a very common genre these days. Yeah, maybe, and it doesn't maybe... look like it's... It's Obviously, it's not like a free space or X-Wing style lots of complicated buttons type game. No, I mean, I doubt that works. Like a super hardcore one, but yeah, but I don't know, I think there's room to still make a space shooter fun. Yeah, I hope so. That is. It's um, a shame that these genres just die. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem with like space shooters is like unless you wrap them in some sort of hook, a lot of them is just follow on-screen marker to you see things, shoot roughly at thing. Yeah, I know. Like, and it's like actually p- being able to have a positional dogfight properly is kind of hard. spatially really hard. Yeah, with, yeah, like without maybe VR or something like that. It's true. Um, oh, and Elite Dangerous, I suppose, is the other biggie. If you want to count that in that genre. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Vaguely interesting. Kind of want to see what that actually is. Uh, well, what else was there that was of interest? You got any picks? I think Chorus was the one I was most interested in. Um, I mean, we saw, not saw, some Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That was yeah. supposedly an engine demo. So, you know, all that stuff was rendered. <laughs> Except you, you yourself didn't say so. Yeah. They called it a gameplay trailer and continued to call it a gameplay trailer whenever I called that out. It's so not a gameplay trailer. No. 
I mean, there might be about maybe two whole seconds of gameplay in there if you tick all the fast cuts they took of various, like, stabbing moves. I mean, that's the problem with a lot of this, right? They could, yeah, there might have been some gameplay in a lot of these things. I mean, while we're on that subject, should we talk about the Madden thing? Because, <laughs> oh my god, like, that couldn't be further from a proper trailer if they tried. It's basically just like they recapped the history of Madden and then showed almost precisely two seconds of the new of the next version, Madden Twenty One, and then just had Mahomes talking about it for the rest of the time. It's like, well, that's it's the, I mean, rubbish. That's basically what they always used to do at the EA press conference, though, where they just be like, they would show some game. Yeah, but a lot of the time they wouldn't in the actual like. They have the camera focused on the guy talking on the stage a lot of the time, well, yeah. <laughs> and they cut to the screen and show like a comparison of two dudes running, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, I guess it's getting better, maybe. <laughs> yeah, look, look how much more fluid this is. Like, oh, look at that guy get tackled. Doesn't that look great? How crisp is the grass? So it's not really that surprising, except it's slightly weirder that they did make like an e- they made an even more big deal than usual of just being like, yeah, we've improved over the last year and the last year before that, and it's like, yeah, we know how Madden works. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been twenty odd years at this point. Is it an anniversary year of any kind, or is they just did they just do this because woo next gen? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's only four more years until they get screwed by their numbering convention. <laughs> Oh, well, because they put out Madden 25. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They'll just call it Madden 25. They won't care. You mean the the new Madden 25? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That was so weird. And it was made extra weird and, like, less meaningful by the fact that they immediately after that trailer, they had to cut to an Xbox representative going, thank you, EA, for that amazing reveal. (laughs) And we're just like, Sorry, you clearly uh, haven't watched it, have you? This was cut together. And also, who is ever amazed by Madden reveals? I mean, the tech, the tech in EA Sports games, like, is cool, but it's a Madden game. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like, I'd, I'd like to see some people get crunched up real good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there was that, and you know, uh, the, you can. Tell how good it was because I'm having a hard time actually remembering anything else, really. Fair. And uh, one note on my phone has decided to not load the page. So great. This worked well. Um, okay. Is that Xbox? Oh, oh, oh hello. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. I, I did have one other note. And I know this is already out technically on PlayStation 4 in Japan, but uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon looks badass. Even though it was like a story trailer. Not oh, a gameplay yeah. trailer. But... Yeah, but it was stylish. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, is that in like a new style, kind of? Well, it's, I think it's Dragon Engine based still. So the, the one right. that they've done the last two games in, or three games if you count Judgment. Um, uh, so I think it's still in that engine, but obviously next gen up a bit. Um, and but it's new characters. Like the only returning character I saw in that trailer was, of course, Majima. Of course, which I'm super happy about. <laughs> There's a fly. There's a really big ass fly buzzing around me now. Summer's here. 
It's definitely here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That game looks cool. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of re- like super interested in the fact that it's a completely different tag. You know, the, the RPG style combat instead of the current combat. And it's like this is this is in, this is one of the biggest shakeups the series has had. So this is great. There's a giant enemy crab. We might not even be an enemy. We might be allied. We don't know. There's a giant crab. Hype. You gotta have a giant crab. It's just the done thing. You can't have a next gen console without a giant crab. <laughs> Certainly not a third party gameplay reveal. <laughs> Real Japanese battles from history. <laughs> Ancient Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Never not going to be funny. No. Uh, Racer. So. That was Xbox. So then we got the um, Unreal Five demonstration. Yeah, so, so this is real cool because this is our first, this this to me is the tech demo moment I wanted from Xbox. Absolutely, but, this but is the like PlayStation and not from Sony. Yeah, amazing. Obviously, this will run on Xbox, but PlayStation got the coup of presenting it for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I think there's some backdoor shady deal around <laughs> this because. Uh, Jeff Keighley did like a Q&A after the demo. Well, it was kind of the whole thing was kind of Jeff Keighley and the epic, some epic devs um, taking you through it. And like they, uh, yeah, that's, they, they seemed re- quite reluctant to me- even mention the word Xbox. They would refer to other platforms and occasionally mobile systems. And I think they mentioned iOS and Android by name at one point. Right. But they, but they didn't. They didn't seem keen on talking about literally saying the words Switch and the Xbox, which you know is usually mm. a sign. I think Sony might be involved. <laughs> Definitely done some kind of deal, but obviously it will work across platforms. This tech because sure. it's Unreal and, Engine. They did. They they hundred percent said that. Yeah, they were just yeah. Like, yeah it's you know, it's Unreal Engine Five. It's going to be everywhere. And but still, they they did go out of the way to say this is running on the PlayStation Five hardware. Yeah. And uh, oh boy, that's some hardcore next generation leap kind of stuff. This is the moment I was waiting for. Yeah, it's proper impressive stuff. Like non ray traced bounce lighting was one of the focuses. Yeah. Holy hell, that looks good. Um, But they basically, like the geometry stuff was like, okay. This is the other thing. Like infinite detail, basically. Yeah, the nanite triangle engine. So, I mean, this is really clever. And I think they're going to have. There's probably some more that they didn't talk about here, or that Jeff didn't quite eke out of them in terms of deployment. Because so the idea is is that instead of having to develop assets that will run on the platform of your, you know, that you're targeting, you drop the asset of, uh, you know, the 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 stu- they they would use the phrase movie quality assets, mm. the things that would have trillions of polygons to render a rock, you know, something <laughs> something yeah, like that. Sure. Um, and and you just slap that asset into the game, and then the engine is dynamically like level of detailing that to get the right level of geometry for what you're seeing on screen and the performance level you're targeting. Yeah, and amazing. So it's like is... virtualizing the geometry so that you get, um, you know, you're not trying to render more polygons than there are pixels, but up to that point, right? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like, it's like geometry mega textures. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. It is. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Yeah, there. which hopefully, hopefully that will require less uh, like disk space. Though <laughs> vertexes should require less space than a giant texture, I guess. 
that's the idea. Would it though? But, yeah, because it's all it's information, right? So yeah, I mean, it's a coordinate as opposed to three color values, which but it's three positional values, so it might actually work out being pretty similar. <laughs> but <you've, laughs> I mean, and you still have to texture it. <laughs> well, yeah. But man, it look, looks looks awesome, and the fact because because that's it's such a big shift in how you build the game because you don't have to like make the different level of detail models work out when they switch, do the normal maps and everything. You don't even need yeah. normal maps, right? That's that's the super interesting thing. Yeah, that, that you, you you can actually do away with a whole load of graphic techniques we've had since what Halo, I guess. Yeah, um, uh, Halo Two. They're not. Yeah. yeah, because they're not needed. You just you don't. Um, you're yeah. actually rendering them properly rather than needing to simulate it. And that combined with the lighting, yeah, which isn't baked and this, with the dynamic whatever bounce lighting, mm. which can't be like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. no, I, don't know. <laughs> I was going to say it can't be. It must, it must be, be situations kind of... when you want to do some baking, right? I don't know. Maybe, but they were saying like, yeah, at least at least for the purposes of that demo, it's totally unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, I, I imagine that the bounce lighting must be some kind of like... Yeah. They 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 stayed straight away from using the term ray tracing, but yes, they, they did, yeah. But it's it's one of the applications of ray tracing, as we saw from the Minecraft RTX stuff recently. Um, that they must be like, what's the word? Like approximating something like that to get it to function right, or they're using some kind of like, in, you know, an alternative way of doing ambient lighting around where bright sources are. Um, some kind of direction, yeah. It's still fascinating. It still looks really good. Whatever approximation they're doing. Um, so uh, there was that, and there's also their particle engine. They were picking up on like their new and improved particle engine. They were using to render bugs in the ba- in the in the darkness. Oh yeah, because like, I can't remember the name of that one though. They named the other engine. Yeah, it's like the, the triangle engine is Nanite. The uh, the, the bounce lighting engine is called Luma. Luma of course. Yeah. Um, and the yeah, I forget what they called the particle engine. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I mean, because they had the lighting interacting with the particles of the bugs, right? Where it was yeah. like avoiding the light, which was kind of cool. Uh, and yeah, they were like animated the particles or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. The one thing that didn't look that good, although there was, it obviously wasn't a focus, was like they were like, oh, that when she stepped into the water or whatever, and the water simulation, and they were like, oh, this is yeah, a new water thing. I was like, like oh, that our, doesn't look very good. Yeah, we're using we're using our particle engine to simulate the water, and I'm like, yeah, that's the weakest part of this demo because it yeah. looked a little, it looked weirdly looked a little low res compared to yeah. everything else. I mean, that was quite brief. Maybe they were just trying to show it was just trying to show it off, but perhaps they should have held back on that one because that, that that didn't look so good. But yeah, but maybe. everything else, like, and then when. So they went through the whole canyon or whatever thing, showing the ultra detailed rocks, and then they showed the ultra detailed crazy statue, and then showed like a whole fifty of five hundred of them in the same room, and then they showed off by making her like fly through the environment super fast, right? Yeah, which was again, I think, another Sony. Uh, I think so, thing yeah. Because they were saying, well, well hey, because loading times aren't a problem, we can yeah. stream all this. They're all about the memory bandwidth for PlayStation yeah. Five, aren't they? Yeah. I think uh, they were sort of talking about the fact that it's like, hey, we don't have to worry too much about you know, turning the camera and having to unload and reload textures mm. like some games do because it's like, hey, they just stream straight off the SSD, no problem. Yeah. Um, we we deal with that now. And it's like, okay, there might be... It was the first time, I think, we, other than the Spider-Man demo, that we might actually have a D 
decent contender for why the new, the, the PlayStation tech makes more sense. You yeah, know, that it, it's it's a decent demonstration of that. Um, yeah, but we won't get that. For, it, what you what we really want is like, oh, oh, hey, this is the same demo running on Series X. So it's like, okay, where are the corners that are being cut because of that streaming? Because right. the you know the graphical power level must be you know we know to be pretty much the same. Yeah, but and and what, to what be honest, like the bandwidth? the Xbox bandwidth is way better than the previous generation. It's oh, just absolutely. not 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 got all of this tech of the PS5. Yeah, it's still really really good in the Series X. Yeah, exactly. PlayStation Five is really 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 good. <laughs> so it's uh yeah it's a uh, I don't know yeah this 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 was exciting this was good. Yeah, it was good to see. It's cool. Um, looking forward to the things only built in that way. Problem is that the engine itself isn't available until next year. Right, and then you have to build so a game be, with it. Yeah, there will be nothing in development right now using no, this. apart from Fortnite. <laughs> apart from Fortnite, yeah, which they 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 did say they will push to use it as soon as they can. Yeah. Maybe some Gears game is being made with it. Who knows? <laughs> well, maybe, but then Gears isn't even epic anymore, is it? Oh, is it not? Oh, yeah. No, it's Microsoft and the Coalition. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So what what have Epic got? Fortnite, loads of money, and and that's it. Unreal Engine, yeah. I mean, they killed Unreal Tournament, that community-built one. Oh, that was that was open source, right? They, yeah, 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 it was, it was, a, it was a fully open source thing, but they don't they don't support that anymore. The, uh, mm. I guess the community could still be about. But... Yeah, that's a shame. Oh well, but I don't know what else Epic are in. Like, yeah, I don't think they're really doing anything themselves. They're making freaking the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. I mean, presumably this tech. What yeah, I wonder if some use. of this. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if some of this was what was used to film Mandalorian. I would you know, be surprised. Like early versions of it. Yeah. Movie assets. Well, the other thing, the bit I was getting to about deployment is, is like, okay, so if they were using all these movie quality assets, the file size for this thing is going to be insane. Yeah. Um, which is problematic so i assume there must be something in their tool chain that's like okay i'm targeting 4k so it can do a part and you know maybe like by watching some playthroughs or something some dynamic thing can be like all right you you're never going to need an asset bigger than better than this particular quality level so i'm going to scale everything up and package it all up um or the flip side is like you can't use all of these assets at maximum quality because it just can't run <laughs> on switch for instance, so the mm. tool chain decides to package up your assets for you in a in a way that works. It's like I think there's an element that they didn't really touch on that side. They just sort of said, "Yeah, the engine will work," and it's like, "Well, hang on a minute. The file file size and deployment is still important." Yeah, like using a movie quality asset isn't going to fly unless your game is like twenty seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's no worse than before. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah. But they'll, they'll have to. Yeah. There's there's some detail there. It'll be interesting to see what happens, what shakes out. Presumably, currently you have to have the storage gigs in a PlayStation. Because so. I presume right <laughs> That's now only you have like to... two and a three and a half Call of Duties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At current tech. <laughs> Because you have to store like the the highest level of detail and all the other levels of detail, right? For any given thing, currently, 
Well, true. Yeah, there is that thing. You don't have to store separate LOD models. But presumably, you know, that's a what double at most for every asset because yeah, they get smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, so that was interesting. That was real good. Yeah, real good. And a bit of a in, coup there for Sony, even though it had nothing to do necessarily with. Although they, they haven't, yeah. I don't think they've come out and said anything themselves about that demo. Uh, one thing Sony did do though is they had a a long play, like a, or a gameplay, an actual gameplay demonstration of Ghost of Tsushima. Indeed, which you know I don't think was super in depth, but. You know, it gave it. It gave you that sort of just that hint. It was. It wasn't quite a Nintendo Direct level of detail. Mm. Or you know, it was a bit like, oh, hey, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. There's a fox you can pet. Um, you can play the entire thing in Japanese cinema mode, <laughs> which is bizarre but awesome. Uh, yeah, that game continues to look real nice. But if anything, I might have been like, okay, this just looks like an open world game when I actually. Yeah, it kind of is like, oh, it's Assassin's Creedy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. It's, it have it had yeah, it was a double edged effect on me. Honestly, I still I still think it looks good. I like their their wind guidance system is a cool idea. Yeah, that was uh, kind of cool. Uh, you know, the fact that they're keeping everything in theme with, I suppose, idyllic samurai <laughs> myth is is pretty cool. Um, but I, I came away with like some. Yeah, some question marks. It's like the, the whole they, they talked about the samurai versus ghost mentality a little bit, and it's like, well, the game mm. is called Ghost of Tsushima, but you described that as the dishonorable way to play. So maybe I don't want to play all stealthy, and I just want to go in like as like I'm the badass warrior, fight, fight me. Which <laughs> is yeah, you know, inter- interesting in itself. There's ways to play, but now I don't know exactly what the game wants me to play as or if there even is a want me to play at and is that tonally going to be weird well i mean that's quite interesting that there's a not if there's on a on a thing because like a lot of games that give you the choice kind of encourage the stealth as like the right way not necessarily but like it's kind of well, like i often just benefit it. from the stealth right because it makes the encounter easier if you do it that way exactly yeah exactly um whereas if if like um, going in, you know, is the more honourable thing. Then uh, maybe that will encourage that. Yeah, cut up arrows mid-flight. Pretty cool. And I, I really want to know how that. Um, because they they showed that again the sort of like one-hit kill style uh, combat with the sword, and it's like, well, I kind of want to know exactly how that works. I couldn't really see. Uh, what, what kind of finger gymnastics you're doing to pull that off? <laughs> no, yeah, I guess there's no way of knowing until we play. No, sometimes like I got biscuit in my mouth. Sorry. Um, <laughs> some, sometimes it's like um, some sort of on-screen indicator. It'd be like press Y to parry or something like that, or some kind of indication of when you were supposed to do something. But I didn't get a feel for that here. It just sort of happened. If you know what I mean, the animation just sort of looked like it was playing out, and I'm like, okay, I'm not quite sure what you're doing as a player to control that. Sometimes it's obvious. Here, here it kind of wasn't. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I think I'm feeling pretty much the same. I, I hope it's good. 
it looks good. I, you know, I obviously want it to be, want that to be a good one. Been looking forward to it for a while, so. Oh yeah, yeah, it's because it's been delayed for so much. Um, they're committing to July. That's the date they now keep saying. They're not far away. Also you get to the point where away. I only want to play the triple list of triple A games that only come across <laughs> come along every fucking three years. I'm like, I, yes, I will play Zelda and Mario and um, Red Dead and God of War. And the next GTA when that happens. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we've else. known that about you for a while. <laughs> yeah. You better triple up that A. <laughs> get, you know, get, you want that hint of that fourth A just lingering. Come on, Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you consider this other July game as a triple A. But hey, we've got a Paper Mario coming out. That's <laughs> quadruple A. <laughs> yep. As okay. As predicted. Um, How... Thousand year Dory, is it? Well, they didn't really show Probably us much. Probably not enough. <laughs> God damn. They didn't really show us much of how it actually plays. There was a, like, a lot of quick clips. I don't know if they've shown any more since that announcement trailer. But... <laughs> well, not really. They showed a maybe like two second longer clip of the battle system <laughs> right. in a separate video, where it's just like bit... literally pretty much a 10 second video. <laughs> I had a bit where there was like Mario was jumping on a load of heads in a row, and then there was something about lining them up on a circular board or something. Yeah, it appears that like what they're they're doing a kind of a weird system where you have a time limit. Like the enemies are arranged on these rings around you, and you have to rotate them to be in lines. But you have like a literal time limit to do the ring rotation part to align to make the attacks better. I guess. I mean, what's the probability that that's like a star power or something? Like, you know, I don't know. One of these specials. It did look like a. Like, because it looks like from the slightly longer clip of this, you do the ring rotation first, and then you choose what type of attack you actually want to do. So he like picks jump, and then it jumps along the whole line of Goombas. But the other option there is like hammer, like the two normal attacks that Paper Mario usually does. No oh, weird. So I don't well, know. They did, they did say it was an all new battle system. So, <laughs> and of course the the hilarious meme of the internet that has come up with it is that they've they've helpfully misunderstood what a turn-based battle system means because you're literally turning them <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's, that's pretty funny though <laughs> you know if that you know if that if that's what it actually is that they're gonna play on that because that's what they do that's how the writing works in these games i guess but you can't play on that and piss people off by it. It's like, if it was funny, but like that's like a meta meme at that point. <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, I, it's just like, I think my, I, like, when I actually watched this again, I was like, I think my actual problem is not really so much to do with the gameplay, even though obviously I want it to be more like Thousand Year Doors. I think I just don't like the the, like, paper crafted world like if you think back to what like thousand year door was actually like it, it, like it's not made of paper the world isn't actually made of no. paper that's true well <laughs> to a certain extent there's an awful lot of paper effects going on yeah but they're just effects on like regular ass 3d models most of the time 
it's just like there's not actually it's like because it, now in this in the modern versions they've gone like how you know Yoshi's crafted world and everything where it's just like or Kirby where it's just like right. it's literally made of paper and I, right. I, I, don't, I don't think that's how that should have gone it's like Paper Mario was just a weird like the characters were all 2D sprite flat paper things but it wasn't really like the world was and well, I, I'm not sure I'd get that vibe completely myself like it looked like you know things were still mostly solid other than some things you could interact with that looked papery, but maybe I need to go and maybe I need to frame by frame this. I mean, it's it's the, like the sort of the textures, I guess. Like it looks like ever like things are made of paper, and like the animations are sort of jaggedy, even because like the whole the two D sprite paper barrier and everything, it's all like two frame animations or whatever. But then that's also like translated into the rest of the world, sort of in the same way as Yoshi's crafted style did where it's like almost low frame rate animations kind a bit, of a bit, a bit stop motion I mean. yeah i don't know if i like it that much and because the thing like when you actually think about the style of thousand year door when when it did do actual paper effects like if you like use the ghost lady to blow a thing away yeah. and to reveal a secret door or whatever they're like meta effects it's like it's blowing a piece of paper that's effectively on the top of the screen it's like it's not in the world blowing a papery thing away. <laughs> or like when stairs layered onto the screen, like and the yeah. paper is placed in and then somehow it's 3D. Um, yeah. Yeah, That's... I know what you mean. I'm, I'm thinking of like the like the plane pads, right? Where you get on them and they were clearly made of stone. Yeah. Look, looked a bit stone like anyway. Well that whole palace actually, that whole area <laughs> looked, kind of looked like stone. So it's I don't know about stone. it. But you know, the the thing it's like that the battle system could be you know interesting and fine but they there was no hint of like you know rpg elements which is what everyone's actually worried about like well, leveling my, up and shit yeah they didn't they, i suppose they didn't show that you know where's my super detailed lemon though i don't think people like that very much <laughs> what the, the realism attacks or whatever they had from uh yeah from color splash I think like people liked it in theory, apart from the way it actually worked in that game, <laughs> where yeah, you right. had to have those very specific attacks to just literally just to defeat bosses, and you had to have a specific one. It left a bad taste, I suspect. Yeah, maybe they look cool there. Some detailed lemon. <laughs> so who knows whether that whether people like like, like that. But, we know, see. We've got we've got to wait until there's actual some more gameplay. It looks like halfway at least towards like more thousand year door, right? Like a bit less. Yeah, yeah. So we shall see. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It definitely feels like a step in the right direction, but yeah, we've said that before. From what we can tell so far, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. What do you think about like the who, who I assume is the bad guy, the sort of emo king? With his little hair flick over one eye in origami form. Again, that's like them leaning too much into the crafts. It's not meant, meant to be he's, about. He's origami. Because, <laughs> like, the whole. Even in Thousand Year Door, when you fold up into a paper airplane or whatever, that's like a curse. <laughs> like, it's literally yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, Except it's not really, because that's <laughs> ironical. Ironical. Yep. Yeah. I don't know, the paper airplane, like, weird, like, 
Star Wars sequence or whatever was going on in that trailer. <laughs> Looked like there was a space cruiser made of paper at one point. Mild hype, <laughs> which is possibly slightly more hype than I have for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2. Really? I don't know. That's like me- medium hype, I guess. Yeah, because the problem is is the history, right? The <laughs> yeah, but if they're remaking old yeah. ones, can't really <laughs> fuck that up too badly. Oh, yeah, but even... Well, they've done they, it before. Yeah, right? they did the HD remaster stuff, which was... But it's, that wasn't them, right? Well. But that was received thing. better than Tony Hawk's 5, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but I, th- I think this looks pretty encouraging, uh, and I'm quite, nice. I'm quite excited to play uh, uh, Tony Hawk's 1 plus 2. I mean, but it then, definitely looks nice. I'll give it, I'll give it that. And but they've, then got get, the hot, they've got the original soundtrack, which is a bonus. Mostly, well, yeah. mostly. But, As always, always but, the mostly tag on the on soundtracks. I think they've got the key parts. But then, prepare to running in a cyclone. <laughs> prepare for everyone to get super annoyed because it's on Epic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get out on PlayStation. Or just wait a year. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's Activision, isn't it? Wouldn't it be on the... Well, it might be on the Blizzard store, if you're lucky. Because <laughs> Call of Duty's there. <laughs> I'm kind of... I'm I'm medium hyped for it. Definitely. It was a good trailer. Mm, it was a good trailer. I can't tell if it's got reverts in it. Because obviously 1 and 2 didn't. But I thought I, I saw... I think they will be pretty like faithful to it. But revert the revert kind of completes the whole trick system. Like without yeah. that, it, without that you can't combo off the the quarter pipes. You just jump thing. Oh, off quarter pipes. That's what you mean. Right yeah. Side. But you just jump. Yeah. <laughs> just jump vertically. You'll be fine. It's not like the levels are designed with reverts in mind. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. But that means you always end your combo if you go up on a on a vert trick. Wouldn't you just be tricking in the air and landing in the same way that the revert did? Yeah, but when you land, that's the end of the combo. Whereas no, you, you just you manual off it. Yeah, but you—that's what a revert was 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 going into a manual off the off the vert trick. I thought you could just do it anyway. No, no, in the original games, you could manual from you know you could jump off a rail and go into a manual and then onto another rail, so you could combo forever that way. But but you couldn't go into a manual off off the vert trick. And that's what they added in three. Yeah, I always thought you could. I thought it was like it was tricky to time, but it was doable. Yeah, oh, well, maybe we'll remember, see. Maybe we shall see. Doesn't matter. It's not the combos weren't nearly as hardcore in one and two. It was all about finding the gaps. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the gap finding and the names of them. Apparently, they've aged the skaters. Is the other fun thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're skating, they're skating as their middle-aged selves. Right. <laughs> Man, Robbie Mullins, like, he's a bit craggedy now, isn't he? Craggedy. Yeah, we shall see. But what about Darth Maul? <laughs> middle-aged yeah. Darth Maul. What about Spider-Man? <laughs> middle-aged Darth yeah. Maul. Wait, wasn't, wasn't Darth Maul in, like, three or something? Or was that four, even? That was three. I don't remember which Darth one. Maul, I think yeah. one I think was, was Spider-Man, Man, right? Yeah. And then two was. Dive two might have been Darth Maul, right? Two, I thought two had Spider Man. What was three? And there was the the cop guy. I don't know what one he was from. The cop guy. Maybe cop guy was one. 
Mayor Hagar. <laughs> I'd, I'd skate as him. No, Sp wait, Spider-Man's got to have been in two because you remember they had the bail video for Spider-Man <laughs> that you unlock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> and those games were fun. I, I, I hope it's good. I, it seems pretty faithful compared to the previous efforts of recent stuff. So, And I wonder if they'll do three off the back of this. We'll see. It's a it's a sentiment I hear quite a lot in like YouTube videos now. It's like like back in the day where games were fun. <laughs> it's like oh right yeah they they, they dicked around with these quite back in the day when Tony games. Hawk's games were fun. Well, there's that as well. Yeah, I can sort of see the sentiment though. Like a lot of games are made to be too realistic and lose something. Yeah, well, I liked skates. Like I, I um. It's just a different style completely. Like I, I, I like that more realistic style of skating probably more, honestly. But like Tony Hawk's is like it's like a weird arcade game uh, that was just really good. Yeah, there's plenty of things trying to recapture that skate feel though coming up. Yeah, like, I think there's the Skate XL, there's Session. There's, there's Session just didn't are... look. I don't know. Just doesn't look quality enough. It's like know, someone... can that even come out or like because we haven't heard about it for a while. I think it might have. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, clearly did get a huge release. Though. It's like some, basically somehow, even though skate, is like the real life skating, it was meant to be quite an indie scene. Indie game developers are not sufficient. You need AAA to make your skate video games. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, skate like made all the vert. Oh, sorry, the street stuff like really cool i really like the system with the flatland tricks yeah and mm. i really like the system with the sticks and everything and the way you it's like a kind of street fighter combo thing where you twisted them around and stuff but it was sort of analogous to your feet on the board it was kind of i don't know it was cool there was, was definitely skill to it and it was, it was yeah. when ea were experimenting a lot with that analog control scheme like across its games right because yeah. you had the analog fighting in uh fight night um they, were, they yeah. moved a lot of their stick control and shot system in NHL to be analog at that point as well. Yeah. Um, so it was, in, it was in that era of them experimenting with all analog. Um, and this was one of the better examples. Although the physics is still hilarious. Was it the escape free glitch videos? Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. It's a rich theme. <laughs> yeah, I think it was mostly around the um, was it the the stuff you could edit and place yourself, and like the physics of how it handled that stuff was 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 where things went awry. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious looking back at skate. I mean, obviously Tony Hawk's, but skate was at a weird point where like it was all based around your like T-Mobile sidekick, <laughs> non-smartphone, pre-smartphone, smartphone, smartphone wow. thing. Yeah, it was hilarious. That was like your menu. Nice. I'm all for the return of like dumb extreme sports games, though. Bring back Amped. Oh yeah, Amped Three was a cool game. As a and I know the uh, there's a bit of a contingent behind bringing back SSX that hasn't happened. <laughs> but they already tried. They did try and it didn't work. <laughs> Where's the cool borders remaster? Oh man! <laughs> but that that's a series that went the other direction. <laughs> Like they started out crazy arcade, and then right. when then Cool Borders Three landed, and it was actually kind of serious. It was a it was a impressive game, and I love Cool Borders Three a lot, like back in the day. But yeah, they they took a 
very different direction. <laughs> they took an opposite course. Yes. I think that uh, was one of the lyrics from Cycle. <laughs> I'm in the zone. Uh, what else we got? Halo 2 launched on PC's Master Chief Collection. How do you get that game? Do you have to do you get it from the Windows Store or something? Uh, you can get it through the Windows Store or you can get it through Steam. Oh, cool. So if I want to play me some Halos, like right now, can I just get it? You can buy the Master Chief Collection. <laughs> you can get some of the Halos. <laughs> you, you currently get Halo Reach, Halo 1. Um, I don't know if it's got Halo 1 anniversary, oh, yeah, and but it's got Halo burned, 1 right? somewhere. And Halo, this is Halo 2 anniversary. So, right, which is get. better than like it seemed like that was a better remake than the Halo than One. Halo One anniversary, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. They did a way better job um, this time around. It felt which a little more faithful, like design good. wise. Although I prefer Halo One as a game. So. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, Halo Two yeah. probably desert was a bit too ambitious and probably desert probably benefits more from a upres in some ways. Mm. Um, yeah. So this was. Um, not to segue completely into what you've been playing, but this was an opportunity for me to check in with Halo Reach to see if they'd fixed all any other problems. I had serious pro- had yeah, yeah found had, yeah had a hard time dealing with sure. the first time I picked it up. And while I didn't have so many sound glitches this time, and mm. it seemed to play fine, the sound mix is still awful. It's just the mix of it, like guns sound like nothing yeah. it's really disappointing it's like I think, I think it, it looks and plays fine now as mm. far as I could tell but um, as long as you've got it capped to 60 frames per second which is how I was playing it um, uh, but yeah the, the gun noises are just pathetic it's it's a really weird problem to have I don't know why I just I, I just don't understand it's just a damn shame yeah it's a it's a huge feel problem. After they get bad, called bad out feel. by Digital Foundry, why don't they just fix it? No, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, it's amazed that I'm amazed that they have come out with these other, you know, that Halo Two has come out and Halo One was put out before they decided to go back and actually fix their core problems. Because I, 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 honestly, I haven't checked in to see if like there are those problems still in Halo 1 or Halo 2 Yeah. since then, because I was just so put off by how Reach was done. Yeah. I mean, I'd, if Halo 2 is working and it's good, I'd be up for playing that. Hmm. What yeah, that would, like, I wonder how like those run on my now ancient PC. I'll be fine. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It'll be absolutely fine, even if you're not, if you, especially if you're not going to run the anniversary mode, like in graphic enhancements. Oh, and just run the original mode, yeah, yeah. It'll, yeah, it'll run, it'll run super well because yeah. Reach runs super well. Let's be honest; it's like it's cool. Well, I might consider giving that a bath. Got my Xbox 360 controller, so I got the right controller. Excellent. Um. And the only other bit of news I've got is uh, Bioware have said that Anthem 2.0's overhaul will be a much longer process, which is an interesting quote because it's like longer than what? <laughs> longer than we think, I guess. 
longer than they originally thought that we don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, I get, I guess. But that's fine. Leave it a bit. Like, let Anthem be forgotten a little bit, and then when it comes back, people might care again. <laughs> risky. <laughs> yeah, it is a risky play, but, you know. What, what else are Bioware doing right now? <laughs> We've yet to see anything about what Dragon Age. That's the only other thing we know that they're on at the moment. Mm, yeah, that's true. If EA are going to let them cook it for longer, then that can only be a good thing, right? I mean, I don't know what to do about Anthem now at this point. Well, I mean, you do what they're doing, I suppose. Yeah, Take I a guess. long, hard look at it and redo the whole thing. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, oh, and that was the, the other little tidbit. Not from this story, but from another story. Respawn have said there is no current Titanfall game in the work. works. <laughs> Even though they kind of implied that they were that working on Titanfall 3 while they were doing Star Wars. Well, yeah, that, that, that maybe wasn't a Titanfall 3, but there was something else in the Titanfall universe other than Apex, but apparently maybe that got Ken. They've not been super clear. But I guess Apex is still a thing, so... They don't need to care that much? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'd like to see another Titanfall, damn it. Yeah. I, li- I like the first two games quite a bit. guess we're kind of lucky they made two to be honest and it's and it's amazing <laughs> a fantastic campaign albeit a short campaign but uh and the multiplayer was better than ever so you know yeah it was a good game let's see some let's see more get him and that's news that's all I got. that's the news Dems the newsuals. Uh, it is time. Do you know what time it is? For a sip of my drink. It's time to sip your drink. It's also time for what you have you been playing. The question that I have to ask on the podcast, and I'm going to ask it of Zach. <laughs> yes. Now, what have you been playing? <laughs> now. <Zach? laughs> Well, um, obviously I've still been playing Animal Crossing, still ha- hanging around, sort of not playing it nearly as much, obviously, at this point. It's going into the sort of standby mode of just maintenance. Have you, like, maxed out pretty much most of what the game has to offer then? Well, you know, because you, you, you can only get the bugs and fish and whatnot so quickly. <laughs> Since they appear in different months, now it's just like we can kind of wait. You know, I'm sure they'll patch in some more events or whatever. I don't think there's any more coming up that we know of. Oh, apart from Museum Day, I guess, but that doesn't seem like it's a very big thing. Museum so yeah, day. just been sort of hanging out. I've started to try and do the unnecessary trick of moving rocks because like they allowed you to move whole trees like you eat fruit and then you can just dig up an entire tree and just put it somewhere else and it's like wow that's great we can just move these trees around without having to cut them down and plant them again and have them grow over three days or whatever 
It's like, okay, that's cool, but you can't do that for rocks still. And it's like, why did you not let us do this one for rocks? Because if you eat the fruit and hit a rock, the rock just breaks. And then the next day, it respawns at a random location. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite funny. And like, how random are we talking? Like, middle of town random? Yeah, pretty much. It like, seems like it doesn't spawn on pavement, at least. <laughs> so if you've paved any areas, that will probably prevent it from spawning. But yeah, if you want to put the rocks in a specific location, then you have to go through this whole process of basically intentionally obstructing every possible place they could spawn <laughs> to force them to spawn where you want them to spawn. Which is annoying. It's much easier to do if you do it very early on when you don't have much stuff on your island because then you can actually just basically place an item every two spaces in a grid and that will cover all the possible spawns because the rocks need like a 3 by 3 area that they'll spawn in to be clear. Hmm. So if you place items on the two by two on the two by two grid, basically across the entire island, that will force them to spawn where you want. But if you if your town's already got a lot of stuff in it, I'm like I'm just running around being like, is that three by three space? Is that three by three space? <laughs> try and put a thing there, <laughs> just to try and cover all. The, and I, it's been like an entire week and a half that I've been doing this, and it's just like you turn on the game at the start of the day, and like, okay, where's the rock spawn? Does it spawn where I want it to? Is it's managed to find somewhere new? And it's like, oh, it's over there. Damn it. <laughs> Destroy it and put something in the way. Block that spawn point. <laughs> so I've, I've managed to get two out of six of the rocks to spawn in the right place so far. But that's only randomly that they've spawned in the right place, because all the other times they have still found places to spawn. <laughs> So yeah, I'll probably get that done this week, I guess. Because <laughs> I must be getting close to having covered every single possible swarm place. <laughs> Presumably. Yeah, at this point. And then once I get that done, I can finally fucking deal with my goddamn flowers. Which, are in, while I have been not playing as much, I've just been leaving the flower beds to grow as much as they want. <laughs> so just even more flowers are spreading all over the place. And it's like, yeah, at some point I'll come back and deal with that. After I've done with these goddamn rocks. Rocks clearly more time sensitive than flowers. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I played a couple of runs of Enter the Gungeon, I guess, because. Oh, yeah. Because I was sort of wanting to play something slightly more active that wasn't Rocket League, I guess. <laughs> it's the standard procedure. So I ran some more Gungeon runs and had a couple of kind of interesting, weird combos. It's things I hadn't seen before. I had yeah. I had possibly my, my favorite combo that I'd seen so far is this is mostly for Rob's benefit because it's describing yeah. mechanics that he'll know, I guess. But I got Sir Junkton, the junk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sweet, this is a junk run. So now I'm starting to shoot chests and get extra junk to power up Junkton. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's cool. But then, like, midway through that run, I got the baby chest mimic, which turns into a copy of whatever follower you have. So now I've got two Junktons and I'm powering them both up. <laughs> <laughs> So I, and then towards the end, so by the end, I'd got him up to like, I don't know if it was maximum. It might have been like one less than maximum. It's like Paladin Junction, where he turns white and has like a full sword and shield and does like little spin attacks. 
Hmm. And he and like occasionally, if there's a bullet coming towards you, he like dives in front of you and blanks it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. But then there was two of them, so I was like, "This is sweet." In fact, the, towards the end of that run, I was like, "I'm just going to stand in this corner and let them go and deal with all the enemies." <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um, I also got the the combo of getting the AK-47 and the JK-47. <laughs> what does the JK do? The JK is like the fake AK. It looks like it looks like the normal AK, but then when you pick it up, it goes all floppy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But if you have both of them, you dual wield. <laughs> <laughs> so you've so just got the floppy one fire. It's similar to the AK, just a lot slower and slightly right. less accurate. Hmm. Well, yeah, I'd hope a lot less accurate if it's floppy. <laughs> yes. But dual wielding them is pretty is pretty hilarious. <laughs> just both the AKs in each hand and I did eventually get another run where I beat the Lich except it was a it was a paradox run where you have to play the whole game again after you've beaten the Lich and then I didn't manage to succeed on the whole second run <laughs> jeez what's different on the second run make it the trick with the trick with the paradox is like on the f- on the first run you start with a random starting gun but like the powered up version of the random starting gun mm. so like it's better than the, the default one and then a random secondary weapon and a random passive or or active so like one other item and if you get all the way through that run and beat the lich at the end you then like when normal it, chests and stuff yeah normal chests and all the normal okay. stuff if you get to the end and beat the lich then when it does the the you know gun that can shoot the pass sequence where you target the lich and it shoots him and then like the time warp happens mm. because the whole point of the paradox is that you then play as the gunslinger who is the one that becomes the lich in the future of the gungeon so then right. that second run you're playing as the gunslinger in his past going through the gungeon to get to the original lich i guess <laughs> But then the gunslinger's special ability is that basically every gun he picks up automatically gets its synergy, regardless of you don't have to have any of the actual items that cause the synergy. Okay. You just get the synergy. That's cool. So yeah, it just makes all your guns quite powerful. But then obviously you're you're back to zero on like all your equipment and everything. So that first run is basically totally erased. Does the gunslinger like you only can play as in the par- in this second yeah. paradox run? And although I'm presuming maybe you unlock him if you actually succeed with the paradox no, I see. Oh. <laughs> but yeah i haven't managed i think on that run i did actually get back to the lich again as the gunslinger but then i discovered that i think it was hard to tell because i died quite quickly and i was just so overwhelmed but i'm pretty sure i was fighting two liches at once <laughs> which is going to be real difficult <laughs> that's so i mean that's a long old commitment yeah it's like at least two hours. Jeez. And, and there's no way of saving mid-run, is there, in Gungeon? Yeah, there is. You can oh, save okay. at the end of the floor. Oh, that's not so bad, then. But I, it's like, I kind of don't want to, because it's just you break your flow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> maybe when you finish the first half. Yeah, because you you're half, maybe pre- pretty so much reset anyway. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's, there's that. One day, maybe I might actually succeed on that, and then I can do the other, even more secret thing. Like I haven't done the, because um, I'm not even sure how you get it. But I haven't done the advanced dragon, like the actual thing that they added in that whole patch. 
right, for yeah. advanced dungeons and dragons. <laughs> I've done the advanced dragon because I don't know how that actually happens. Mm. But then, you know, I might end up looking it up and discover that it was some, one of those things that you're never going to naturally find out. <laughs> like how to unlock the robot and all that hassle. And into the gungeon so rad. Yeah. Especially if you get the rad gun. <laughs> nice. Yep. Nice indeed. <laughs> and then, as I said last time, the Terraria patch happened. Yesterday. Oh, yeah. So I haven't actually been able to play it that much, but, you know. That's it. That's there. the last version, right? Of my apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Don't hold your breath. Yeah, considering how many years they've continued to randomly come back with even more huge updates. <laughs> Is there going to be like a patch run on this update at some point, you reckon? Well, I mean, there'll the be fixes, yeah. sure, but probably That's not any features. Yeah. Those, there are a lot in this, in this release. It's hard to tell from, like, you know, the early game especially, probably. There's a bunch of new items, obviously, because that's, you know, it's fairly easy to make content for that game, I guess. Right. <laughs> Just chuck in a bunch of new random equipment and stuff, but like, quite a lot of things have been rebalanced, which is noticeable even in the early game. Like, the maces, the way they function has sort of modified to make them more viable for longer. Because they used right. to be like real good in the very early game, but then became completely overwhelmed too quickly to stay mm. useful. But they seem to have been rebalanced to make them a bit more useful overall. And then there's just like a bunch of extra graphical niceties, some sprite redraws, but then just like wind effects and, you know, fat. it's sort of in the same way as Minecraft does when you get like the Minecraft shaders that make everything wobble or whatever. It's basically that, mm. but for Terraria. Just make, just make that pixel art less just like basic pixel art and add effects to it that wouldn't be possible in, in the actual game of pixel art. <laughs> wibble it. Yep, wibble it. So yeah, I've been run, running around that again. And I haven't you know, tried any of the new difficulties, I guess. In fact, I guess, I don't know if I ever tried even expert, because you have the default difficulty, and then the second, the hard, it's weird, because you play through on normal difficulty, there's a point that where you reach a, a toggle that sort of changes the whole world, which is called hard mode, except it's not actually like hard mode, it's just like a second half of normal mode. Mm, right. Because then the actual hard mode is called expert, where you know things are actually harder from the beginning. But then they've now just added master, which is even harder than expert, <laughs> which is just master like quest. okay, that's ridiculous. And then obviously the namesake of the patch, they've added journey mode, which even though I said to Rob last week how there was the weird rumor about it being creative mode and how it's like, how could you possibly equate journey and creative? That's like two completely yeah. different concepts. It is sort of the creative mode, kind of, where it doesn't give... Like, normally when you think of a creative mode, it's like Minecraft where they just give you everything and you can build everything infinitely or whatever. It's just like the menu completely changes to just give you access to all of the blocks and that type of thing. Yeah. But journey mode in Terraria 
gives you the ability to build anything infinitely, but only if you've acquired it. So it's like you still have to progress through the game to acquire at least one of the thing, and then you can build build it infinitely afterwards. So you've got a replicator, basically. (laughs) Yeah, free rides. And and, and then it has some sort of more typical creative options. Like you can you can just change the spawn rate freely. So like if you don't want any enemies to spawn for a while, you can just turn off spawning. And that's on a like a per player basis as well, I think. So you can have one person somewhere in the world with spawns turned off, but someone else who's still somewhere else in the world has enemies still spawning on their screen. Okay. But if anyone else was nearby that other player they'd get the enemies too? Yeah, presumably. Yeah, I guess it must pick the highest level of spawn. Hmm. So yeah, there's that. I I expect we'll be playing that quite a lot. I mean, so I've got my world, and then some. I've already had people coming into my world, and I went on with Kippers and Jammy as well, and played in their world for a while. <laughs> so yeah, really, cool. we're gonna. Just, everyone's just gonna be playing that for quite a while, probably. Nice, sweet. That's nice to have a little bit of resurgence. Yes. And then the other thing before Terraria came out was another game that had been on my wish list for quite a while that I was convinced that now was the time because they released a huge patch as well. It was mm. Scrap Mechanic, which oh, is right. more or less what you'd expect a name like that to be. <laughs> it's the sort of Space Engineers-esque kind of thing of building you know, vehicles out of blocks in a survival situation where you're harvesting like wood and metal and patching it into janky ass vehicles. <laughs> making bigger and bigger janky ass vehicles. Yeah. And trying to fight your way through the robot hordes to some objective that we don't really know. It's it's the first version of their survival mode is this big patch, which you can kind right. of tell because it doesn't really tell you what the shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like, like, there's a button on the UI for like a journal, which you assume would be like to tell you the missions of where, like, to hint you where to go or whatever. But that button never enables at any point. <laughs> but, right. So you just, you're just, it does try and like lead you a bit with the design of the world. Whereas, like, you start next to your crashed ship and it's on fire, and you're like, oh well, shit, I better go and find a pool of water and get a bucket and put the fire out, and then you can access the computer console, and the computer console's like, go and cut down some trees, because you need wood to make this thing that you're clearly going to need, or get a giant battery from this place nearby. And then there's, like, a road, and it's fairly obvious once you get a vehicle where it's like, yeah, you should probably follow this road, and then the road leads you down to, like, here's the next up point where you get better crafting options. So it does kind of try and lead you in the way the world is designed. But then it so, also... So is this all randomly generated, or is this, like, sculpted? It's kind of half randomly generated, like, because I've played it on a set on, like, a different save as well as the one we were playing in multiplayer. And it's like, it still tries to create a road that leads between these two points, but then like the actual layout of the road and the surrounding landscape is randomized. Okay. But yeah, so the way it progresses is the, is the only fixed thing. Yeah. But the trouble is like, even though it has this road that leads you through these obvious routes, it then completely breaks that itself in a really dumb way where like you follow the road to like the point where you get better crafting and you're like okay good this will be a good place to set up a temporary base while we probe further use this place as our like to refuel all our vehicles or whatever 
you go down the road a bit further and you find like a packaging plant and it's like you're you're meant to feed it like vegetables that you grow because the, the weird thing about the story of this is you're basically coming to this planet which is a giant robotic farm planet but the robots have got out of control and you know killed everything as they as robots Naturally. tend to do <laughs> as is their want but then what that means is if you start planting crops the robots detect it as unauthorized farming and then they attack in like a you know they attack during the night like zombies would <laughs> in a survival game the typical kind of thing. So you find this packaging plant and you're like, oh, you're meant to feed this vegetables, but then obviously you have to grow the vegetables. So you're, that's encouraging you to deal with the wave defense system and all that. So you, you get a bunch of vegetables, you feed it into the packaging plant, it packages the vegetables into a big crate, and then you're like, well, what the shit do I do with this? Because if you follow the road <laughs> from then on, there's just like, there's another packaging plant where you can feed different fruit and vegetables and package those. And if you follow the road even further, you get to like, well, or I'm not sure this is always the case, but we got to like this giant tower that had this type of robot that has ranged attacks and you only have melee to start with. Right. So we were like, well, we can't go there yet, clearly. So we must be missing something. Like, where the hell do we take all these packaged foods? And that's the problem because the answer is you're meant to find this like hidden human encampment that's surrounded by cliffs so you can't see it from, you know, far away. Right. You're meant to find that and that's where you have to deliver the packaged food to. But it's like, it's not, it's literally hidden. <laughs> right. So they've led you along this path to be like, drive down this road and you'll helpfully be led onto this progression. And then there comes a point where it's like, and now we're not going to tell you this, but you totally have to not do that. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully the journal, if they, you know, fi finish that, that will solve that problem at least. Yeah, it begs the question, like, why would you, like, as a survivalist, be like, well, why am I going to package this fruit up, <laughs> like, without any prompting? <laughs> that was the bit that well, struck me as weird. It's like, well, I found a packaging plant. Well, I'm naturally just going to do it because it's something to do. Well, it's because it has, like, what... It has basically what are giant tutorial signs. Like you find these occasionally in the world where it shows you how to. Right at the start, there's the one that tells you how to farm, where it's like put the crop in the soil, water it, and then wait some time and then it grows. There's a big sign that just says that. So when you come down to that, to the packaging plant, and there's a big sign there that tells you, oh, you have to drive your vacuum tube up against this bit, and then this fruit will go in and get packaged. And so you're like, Okay, it's telling me to do that, so obviously there's a reason to do that. But then, then what? <laughs> yeah, weird. I don't know. So, I don't immediately. There's something about like in-game tutorials like that sometimes, where I think like <laughs> the realism element of it is like, well, if I was to be in the middle of nowhere and I stumbled upon a uh, bottle of pills, <laughs> and I looked at it and was like, oh, instructions: consume pills. My first thought wouldn't suddenly be to like, oh, I'm just going to eat these. <laughs> <laughs> well, in reality, pills have quite a lot more instructions than just consume pills on them. <laughs> True. Consume. Consume. So yeah, we played a fair bit of that, but I mean, now Terrarius has kind of taken over, so maybe we'll come back to that at some point. I feel like we haven't really found the full game yet even because mm. it seems like if we can get into that tower that's guarded by all the ranged enemies the thing yeah. you get from trading the fruit in is you get a gun basically <laughs> so you actually have a ranged attack 
So it's like, if we get that, then we can fight the Raisinaries, we can get into that big tower, and then I suspect that what should unlock in that tower will be like more crafting options, because you really don't get very many parts or anything by default. Mm. So all your vehicles feel like pretty much just a flat plank with four wheels attached to it at the moment. It's like, clearly there's going to be more parts, but we just haven't got them, so they've got to be in this tower, right? Maybe? So what's the rest of the game if this is the new survival mode? It originally was only creative. It was just like, oh, it was just, right. just to build mechanical vehicles and because you, so can, like if, if you can program them to like, puzzles. yeah, you can program them to, you know, pistons and rotate in order or whatever. So you can build quite fancy things. But yes, hmm. it was just creative. And maybe I think at some point they also added some kind of challenge mode where it was like little maps where it's like, move this ball in a bit like the seed, really. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Move this ball into this location by building a vehicle to do it or whatever. But apparently those got taken out when Survivor got put in for some unknown reason. <laughs> so oh, right. cha- challenge mode still has a menu option. It's just grayed out. Maybe they're changing it all. Yeah. But then some of those weirds to take it out, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And be like, yeah, we've just revamped the whole thing. You've lost your progress. Sorry. I take yeah, it this maybe, is all early access. Yes. Maybe it was just, maybe they did just break it in some of a fundamental way when they did whatever they did to make survival. Oh, right, yeah. And instead of just letting people carry on, they were like, yeah, we've broken it, we're just going to turn it off for a bit. Yeah. We haven't got time to fix it, but we really want to put this update out. So there's that. And we're still waiting on Satisfactory. Because, <laughs> yeah. man, I, there's just too many games for me right now. <laughs> in a surprising turn of events. The uh, the factory boom hasn't stopped. Yeah. It looks like Satisfactory is probably going to make it sometime in May date. <laughs> Judging by the patches that have been happening on the Epic version. They they do look like they're they're of the kind of tidying up kind of patch where it's like getting ready for a release on a different platform. <laughs> right. But so it's is the early access available on Steam now? Or is no. it Okay. They've just got a page. Yeah, they've just got the store page, but it still only says coming soon. Okay. They just announced on their Twitter or whatever they were like, it's probably going to come out sometime in May. <laughs> a bit like the Panzer Dragoon page. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> And that's more or less that, I think. Been waiting for that for a while, that Terraria update. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's it's. I don't know if I should continue playing the like normal difficulty or whether I should actually try and play expert. Because <laughs> hmm. I played normal difficulty Terraria a lot, but it's you know even normal difficulty Terraria isn't easy. <laughs> no. So it might be a bit much, right? Especially by if I if I end up doing that part of it by myself, that's the thing. Because like obviously, if you have a whole shit ton of people, that the difficulty doesn't really scale into area. I guess mm. you could say. Does it spawn more because there's more people there, or I don't think it does, except for maybe some of the events that literally are just spawn tons of enemy events. Those might scale slightly, but I don't think okay. obviously like the, the bosses or anything don't scale. So their health doesn't even scale. So if you just have a whole shit ton of people shooting it, they'll die faster. Or at least that's the way it used to work. Maybe they've actually changed that now. 
didn't yeah. seem like it when we actually when I defeated the first boss with with one other person. It was like, yeah, that seems like how much health it always has. <laughs> it was an interesting decision in in, in end of itself. But... I mean, technically, I've never actually beaten the last boss of Terraria. I think we tried it like one time and just got completely de- annihilated and then never got around to trying it again. Yeah. Dissuades you from doing expert mode, I guess, if you can't finish it. Yeah. And although getting to that last boss is like most of the game. Yeah. I guess, you know, that that's the last boss of the sort of main path, but there were a couple of secret optional bosses we didn't do either. So there is still technically Terraria content that I've never seen, even outside the new stuff that's been added. <laughs> so more of that until Satisfactory comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Counting the days. And then and then Zach's factory life collapses in and all <laughs> onto itself. Yep. It'll be programming trucks. Build another truck. <laughs> I saw Ideally. some recent murmurings about Dwarf Fortress tile sets or something. What was that well, yeah, about? Yeah, it's a whole new graphical mode, isn't there? Yeah. I think they announced that a little while ago, yeah. Yeah. Where they're trying to make a... Because a, tile sets were always like a janky hack, basically. Yeah. So now so there's, they're like trying to real... implement them for real for the speed Steam release, if that ever actually happens. Making an already complicated game at least vaguely accessible. <laughs> Mildly accessible. Yeah. Right then, Rob, what you been playing? Oh God, we could be here a while. Um, it's been a busy couple of weeks um, for me and games. Let's start with the Tough Gaming VG Twenty Seven AQ, a one hundred and forty-four hertz gaming monitor that I now own. Ooh, that's not a game. <laughs> it's not a game, no. But it's kind of interesting to talk about because it's kind of like it led me to you know try a few things um obviously to get it all tested out um yeah it's pretty sweet um it's a, it's an, IP- <laughs> Long story it's, a, it's a it's a it's an ips panel that can go up to 165 hertz if you uh overclock Shit. it um but i haven't really messed with that all too much because 144 is fine and a lot of the games i've been playing can't really or haven't been able to go over that frame rate <laughs> As, um, as, as the way I should say it. it's uh, G-Sync compatible um, so it's certified under that new um, G-Sync compatible range and it's FreeSync happy as well um, uh, yeah it's my first time owning an IPS panel as well all the ones I've, ha- I've had previously have been TNs um, mm, so IPS. yeah, yeah that's, that's the first thing you immediately know is, oh this is vivid Yeah, there's some colours going on here uh, yeah so it's really so uh, stills look quite nice, um, and it's 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 one of the best in class for like um, motion blur for an IPS panel and stuff like that for a reasonable price point. It's fourteen forty p, so not four k, but that's fine because I, I, my PC wouldn't be able to drive four k in most cases. Um, uh, yeah, it's real nice, but it's it has like highlighted some weird like deficiencies in places where Windows isn't quite geared up for this new level of tech yet um so one of the things it has is it's got like this this hdr compatibility now it's not a good implementation of hdr you shouldn't be buying this monitor if you want a an hdr experience like because you've, you've still got to pay the megabucks if you want that 
out of a PC monitor or just buy a TV. Um, but the, uh, the yeah, the Windows implementation kind of shonky. So I turned it on yeah. basically in Windows because you have to go into the color settings of the, the in the Windows settings and say, oh, enable HD color mode, please. Uh, and you turn it on and it goes, and you get, you get, the screen blacks out a bit and it comes back. And then you can tell that the um, the way that it's scaling color, I suppose, is slightly different. Like it actually washes it out a little bit because I guess it's having extending the range, the, mon- the monitors, well, the way the monitor handles it. I guess it's extending its range of color as opposed to actually changing like <laughs> the upper and lower limits like HDR should to some degree. This is why it's HDR compatible, I guess. Um, right. Uh, so it's doing 10-bit color over a smaller range, I suppose, of actual color, a smaller gamut. Um, but then, which is, yeah, whatever. But when when I was playing a game that had HDR support, and it's like it looked fine. Yeah, it wasn't like super, you know, like a, like my TV does. It wasn't that good HDR. But whenever I I noticed that whenever I tried to change the volume, the screen blacked out for a bit, and I'm like, well, that's weird. What on earth is going on there? What button am I pushing on my keyboard that is triggering something there? Like, am I like is F two, which is like the function button on my keyboard for volume up? Um, is that is that doing something in the game to change its render mode? And it's like, no, that wasn't it. Um, and then I got an achievement later on because I heard it pop up. But the moment that I heard the 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 pop, the screen blacked out again, and I'm like, well, that's weird. What like, mm-hmm. what is causing that? So it turns out the Windows overlays. Like the volume control indicator, yeah. like notifications, they all render in SD color still, but because they're overlaying over HD content when you're full screen, yeah, Windows swaps back to ST, SD color mode to put the notifications on screen. Except what was happening is they were appearing and disappearing fast enough that it was swapping to SD mode, and before it got there, before the monitor got there, it was swapping back to HD color, right. So uh, Windows's handling of full screen HDR is still bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if you can turn off those overlays for like volume and things. That's the thing. Yeah, you could probably turn off the achievement pops, but that's really bad. <laughs> you get an achievement and you suddenly lose everything. Oh, I can't see anything. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. So. Windows HDR tech clearly isn't there yet. No. Um, which is a, a bit of a shame. But as I say, that's not what I was going in for this monitor for. It's just something to be aware of, I think, if you were going in for a solution like that. Hmm. That's um, an interesting. I'd never thought that. That no, could be a just, problem. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you, you know, and you'd think like Windows has HDR support. You'd think like, oh, fine, great, cool. This is just going to work. Doesn't just work. Uh yeah, uh, and, and so I've been, uh, I, I put it for its paces a little bit. Uh, I think G-Sync is lovely. Yep. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, and Because I, I had a really nice test scenario for it, as it turned out. Because I tried playing some Forza Horizon 3 again. I went back to that one because it's like, well, I want to play the Hot Wheels stuff some more. Because I, I never finished the Hot Wheels campaign uh, in that. So let's, go, let's, let's try this out. That'll be fun. Um, and so I used to get like a nice solid 120 frames at 1080p yeah but uh, under 1440p i can't quite no, reach that enough. yeah um with or not an ultra graphic settings anyway um 
So it drops down to about 100 just over. But you'd be hard-pressed to tell because G-Sync smooths out all the stuttering and it's brilliant. Well, exactly. That's the, that's the thing. That's the that's magic, the whole isn't point. it? I know, and it works. It's fabulous. Like, who cares if you're not hitting 120? <coughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, I don't need that. That consistency isn't a requirement anymore, which is, which is yeah, it, it, it works and it's great. Um, because I tried it on Overwatch as well, um, which admittedly has some dynamic resolution stuff you can turn on. Right. Um, but I wasn't hitting 120 on that either, mm. uh, running at 1440 with everything turned up. Um, but again, I wouldn't, didn't notice a single stutter. So it's, yeah, the tech is great. Love it. Um, uh, yeah, if, if, if you're sensitive to that stuff, so the micro stutter, then yeah, I can't, I can't really recommend G-Sync enough. It's, it's, it, it is, it is, it is effective. So there's that. Um, the resolution bump is obviously nice, and it's a bigger screen as well, um, which I thought would potentially be a problem on my desk, but it's less of a problem than I thought because the bells are so much smaller. Um, I made that mistake on my TV before and didn't get away with it, so you know, it's nice to have gotten away with it this time. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a it's a decent monitor. I don't know if you've experienced IPS glow at all, though, Dan. Uh, what is that exactly? I probably have. So IPS Glow is the thing where, although the screens are pretty good at dealing with blacks most of the time, around the corners you can occasionally get a yellowish tint on pure blacks or like dark screens where the just where the, how the backlight works on IPS screens. And, like, and it's a bit of a right. mixed bag whether or not you get a screen that has that badly or not. And I've got basically an average quality IPS glow by the looks of it on my panel uh, which is fine I can't really do anything about it it's not like it's just it just comes with the territory on IPS apparently and it's like so I've got a little bit of it and yeah it's mildly annoying that it's there because it's only in one corner of the panel like in the bottom right Mm. Um, and you can mitigate it by making the screen higher so your eyes are more in line with that corner but then the monitor's really high (laughs) right yeah 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 Um, so there's that to be aware of. If that's going to be a, a bit of a problem for you, then yeah, IPS glow it is a thing. It's like the I kind of thought that like when people take photos of monitors, there's usually like a it kind of exaggerates the flaws a little bit when like places like art, artings.com or ratings or however you say their name um, take photos of things. It's like bloom is exaggerated because it's just that's how the camera tech picked up that effect and that they're using to photograph the screen with. So I thought the bloom effect was perhaps exaggerated and that's yeah. yeah, not so much. <laughs> it's right, like you can it, see it, yeah. It's it's there. Yeah. Um but the, yeah, the general uniformity of the screen is way better than my previous monitor. Um which was God get I forget I'm getting on for like ten years old or something. I don't know. I don't like that this LG screen must be must be ancient now. Yeah, well, you had you had high refresh rates. Like, yeah, I had hundred because it was three D. Like this, the early days of when oh, Nvidia three yeah. D was a thing. Yeah, that's what it was for. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's pretty cool. I've got some stuff I think still to tweak on it. Um, I've got a bit of overshoot when I'm running at lower refreshes. So overshoot is when. Um, when a pixel is told to target a specific color, in order to get the response times down, they tend to over-voltage it a little bit, um, briefly. 
right uh, right sometimes that can cause a little bit of an overshoot effect so the pixel goes too far down that that ramp that they're trying to achieve and then comes back into the range of the the color it's supposed to be so you can see that when you're scrolling black or white text for instance um and this monitor seems really good at dealing with that at high refresh but at lower refresh weirdly the overshoot is like the overshoot uh, okay. is more more obvious um and apparently according to like some research i've done there are some settings you can do to get around that but they are settings you have to change yourself if you're swapping refresh rates hmm. which i won't have to do all that often if i'm hope i, ho I hope not anyway um <coughs> But just a thing if the if you're playing a game like at sixty or or lower, then you might need to think about that. If that's the you know, if you're running a hardcore a really hardcore game or something and like the frame rate drops that low, you might start to have an overshoot issue. So there you go. That's my review of that monitor. It's nice. Sweet. It's a good mid range monitor. It's a bit, um, bit better than mid-range, isn't it? Well, it's mid-range in the gaming space, because well, it's right, about okay. 450 quid right. off Amazon. Um, which, you know, is a lot for a monitor, I suppose. But, like, the the slightly higher Asus monitors, you can, you're can you talking sort of like 700, 800, or the new ViewSonic that looks quite nice, oh, okay. you're talking that range. And if you want the 4K full package... <laughs> With the exact which you're not going to be able to size, drive without which I'm not going to be able to PC. drive at the moment. Yeah. yeah, not unless you have like the ridiculous cards. You're talking like nearly as much as two grand. I mean, that's like, silly. Yeah, those screens are still super expensive. You know, you might as well just buy a big ass telly. You know, <laughs> get those Very stupid Apple are... Pro monitors of doom. Yeah, a little bit like that. But the, yeah, that tech's just not quite there yet for for this sort of size. Weirdly. And high refresh rate and all that jazz. Uh, yeah, so that's cool. I've been messing around with that. Um, one of the best things I tried with it was obviously Counter-Strike. I've been playing a bit more of that. And, uh, you know, because I can have the highest of <laughs> highest of rates on that. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, that was a nice experience. That was fun to play. Um, 360 no scope. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I am terrible at scoping still. It's just one of the, it's just one of the skills I've lost over the years. It's sniping. Oh, I could never do it. So <laughs> the uh, well, let's talk about other Counter Strike though, because there's a contender. Mm. Riot Games as Valorant has been in closed beta for a while, and I finally got my key. Uh, so I've been playing some of that with Kippers and Jam. And it's, uh, although Jam's not a huge fan of it, she prefers Counter Strike. Um, I mean, Counter Strike has a long pedigree, and up, it does, up comes yeah. up comes a new one, a new one, and they're doing they're tra they're taking like they're cribbing an awful lot from Counter Strike, but they're also trying to throw in a little bit of the Overwatch into it. Oh. If you like, from the outside looking in, the first thing you'll notice is it plays like Counter Strike, but looks quite a bit like Overwatch. You know that same mm. sort of colorful palette and um this cartoony edge to everything um whilst not being hyper stylized down that road it's got a bit of it about it right um uh, and that's down you know all of the effects of like how smoke bombs are done for instance like like whirling sandstorms mm. uh instead of like just piles of gray 
and um, you know you have magical abilities and there's different depending on which character you are you have different abilities and so it's a bit of a hero shooter as well but with counter-strike style lethality and weaponry um uh and it's i think it's pretty good i think they they, they overcomplicate some of their new mechanics a little bit like i don't like how um a character called I think it's called Brimstone. I think I don't like how he puts smoke down because you he you you say you use your smoke ability and then it, that causes him to do an animation to pull up a little computer on his arm and then it's, and then and then you pick the spots on the map which is a limited area around where you're currently standing and which you want the um um the smoke to drop and then you right click to fire it and that's the important bit you have to right click that one rather than left click because left click is pick target and then you right click to fire it's just a bit complicated. Mm. So, like I just want to throw just throw some smoke down. I'd rather actually just throw a freaking grenade rather than having to go through that process. Rigmarole, bit of a rigmarole, yeah. And there's there's a, a few of the characters have a smoke equivalent, but they don't last nearly as long as his ability. His ability and his ability, you can put three different smokes down at once, and he doesn't have to throw them, you know. So he's got a bit of an advantage there, and I guess explains the complication a little bit. But I don't know. There's just certain abilities like that here and there where it's just I don't I'm not going to be using that that much because <laughs> it's just awkward. Mm. Uh, and there's a few of those, but there's not too many. Um, you know, like one of the characters, Cipher, has like a which is actually quite useful. He's got it's got a spy cam you can put down. Um, so when you're away from it, you can press the spy cam button and actually get visibility through the camera instead. And if you manage to shoot someone with the camera, you then put a tracker on that person so you can see them periodically ping up. Which is incredibly handy if you can get that to work, but they can just shoot your camera, so you know, not hidden in any way. Um, uh, it's currently three maps in the beta. I thought there was only one, but it's nice that there's three, so it's you know, replayable enough at the moment. Um, but there will be more, uh, and it's all free to play, and it will be free to play when it launches. Um, and at the moment, I haven't quite but against where the limits of that are. I mean, you can buy skins if you want, but... Um, and I think you have to play the game to unlock different heroes, but I don't know where that stops yet. Or recruits, mm. I think they call them. Recruits? Agents? They might be agents. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, want to try. Runs really well. Scalable graphics. It's not super complicated, like the world design isn't super dense. So it's not like it's, uh, you know, it's clearly designed so it can be run on a huge range of machines. It's not pushing many graphical boundaries, but it's a, but it's a good looking game at least. You know, look, looks good yes. enough. It gets the job done. Let's put it that way. But it's clean enough to work as a Counter Strike style game. Right, but it's got a slightly different art style, more more towards the. Yeah, what, definitely, definitely on the look. cartoon fantasy side a little bit. Like I don't know, there are certain spark effects where they're like they're. They look like like a hand-drawn anime-style spark, I suppose, as opposed like even with a lower frame rate than the game, rather than being a fully archetype thing. Which again is a little not Overwatch, I suppose. Over a lot of Overwatch's effects are still animated properly in like full frame rate, but this ha this will take some like liberties with that here and there. And be like, yeah, that's clearly a that's clearly a cartoon spark. Uh. Yeah, it's it's it, you know I think there's there's work to be done. Like they try and do the Overwatch audio quip thing at the start of some rounds, but there just aren't as many quips as there are in Overwatch, and maybe they play, play too often, so you hear a lot of repeats pretty quick. Um, uh, and of course, you know you're going to hear it 
more often because you're playing like up to 24 rounds a game. <laughs> so there's plenty yeah. of opportunity to hear those quips. Um, but, you know, it's a work in progress. There's a, there's, there's a lot going into this from Riot and it, uh, and it shows because it plays well. I think I feel less frustrated when I die than I do uh, in Counter-Strike. I think think? I, it, yeah, fun. at the moment, it feels like if I'm getting ended, I I, I feel like it's because, just because the way Counter-Strike spray works, right? Counter-Strike spray is weird to get hold of, whereas here, I think the spray is a lot more predictable or a lot more uh, less pronounced. So if I'm shooting at someone and I haven't shot them, a lot of the time I can see, yeah, I missed that. That's fine. That guy was better than me. <laughs> so I'm, you know, and I suck at this. I'm not. I'm not going to lie about it. I currently suck, but I don't feel so bad about sucking because I can see that I'm losing these fights. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I can see where I've got room to improve. Things like that, which is, which is fine. That's that's all right. If I'm still playing as a group and I'm still. Uh, again, play as a group. Like, I, I don't know if I'd solo this, but I don't really like soloing any multiplayer game these days. But Although we've got Splatfest next weekend, so I'll do be doing something. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> the revival of the Splatfest. Mayo versus Ketchup is back. <laughs> Who won last time? Ketchup, I think. I think it was Ketchup, right? I'm a Mayo man. Well, maybe maybe I just repeat the votes, right? Like, just like, oh, well, ketchup won last time, so I better vote ketchup to get them all snails. Everybody votes. <laughs> everybody votes. <laughs> Bring back everybody votes channel. Uh, cool. So there's so there's that. Uh, Gears Tactics also came out. Oh yeah. So I've sunk a bit of time into that. Uh, I try to. <laughs> I struggle to. I've been thinking about this obviously since it came out, and I, I've been struggling a little bit to think how to describe what Gears Tactic is like. I mean, it. I mean, it's good. The actual tactical gameplay works. Its rule set is decent. I think I, I might have talked about this a little bit last time, right? Did I talk about like how line of sight works and things like that? And... Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Talk, okay. Yeah. I won't go too deep on it, and it's like so. I'm a little bit further through now, and there's there's more mechanics and more enemies opening up. Um, still not much of a meta. You're still just playing missions as they come to you. Um, possibly seeing that in like the limits of the types of missions. Finally, like uh, you know, there's some territory control style. There's some like go kill a specific person. There's well, that doesn't happen very often, but there's there's, there's some more story driven levels. There's a boss encounter that I've come across. Um, we are fighting a Brumac um, at, at the end of Act One. That was okay. Yeah, it was a little twist on how how they actually you know gave you some more things to worry about. Uh, so I think I've got a handle kind of on how it's playing. It's going all right. I haven't lost a mission yet. I haven't had a guy die. Um, so it's not too bad. But that doesn't that saying, sound I'm not... very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, yeah, it's 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 fine. I'm playing it on the normal difficulty. Maybe it'll get more difficult later. Um, yeah, I've just been dealing with it. Okay. Um, I guess my problem with it is, is I, for some reason, I maybe it's because it doesn't have a meta. I'm just not really feeling the draw to it. Mm. 
like I'm 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 picking it up when I've got I know I've got a lot of time available, um, and I can just sink into a few rounds. It's like and and in fairness, once I've started playing it, I uh, I tend to just go, oh, I'll just play one more mission, and of course a mission lasts at least an hour probably. So it's, it's like oh, I'll just do one more, another hour gone. Um, so it's got a little bit of that once I've started playing, but when I'm away from it, I'm not particularly drawn back to it and i think it's a tonal problem because it's really serious right like, i've not got i've right. not got cold even though i've got cold train as a playable character he's not a story character there's no there's no there's no levity, levity. yeah it's it's lacking it's, in the levity and, yeah, and gears recent gears games have had a bit of that yeah yeah they've tried <laughs> i think well, the, tried, like the levity yeah. in the early games was better yeah for sure and you know, funnier and like just the the interaction between all of the main characters, you know, was was, was smarter and, and just better portrayed than it has been in the last two. Um, but there's kind of none of that here. It's all like we've got to get the job done, or we've got to go do this thing. And Prescott's an asshole. And... Prescott, goddamn Prescott. He's still yeah, he's about. <laughs> so it's. It's good, but yeah, I don't know if it's yeah, it's just not grabbing me. Uh, so there's that, uh, and the other brand brand new game that came out this week on Game Pass, so I could play it. The Streets of Rage Four. Oh, what what? Game of the week, yo. <laughs> Is it? That's good. Is real good. I'm enjoying nice. it a lot, um, and I think that's yeah. It's it's the strength of the fact that you know the beat 'em up has uh, evolved enough. So there's definitely uh, I don't know. I feel like I can get better at it. There's there's tricks to how its combat works. There's patterns. There's enemy patterns to try and figure out. And there's definitely ways of defeating certain enemies better than other enemies. Things like that. There's like there's there's even if even though your like move set is fairly limited, like you know like a classic beat 'em up, there's still ways of using that. There's still ways of um, you know how you move around and picking the right moments to dodge versus when you use your attacks and things like that. That's mm. just enough to to keep it engaging. Um, and I think it's yeah the best beat 'em ups all have that. Um, and it was something I didn't really necessarily sit with me in the original Streets of Rage games. Like, you can do it, but I never really got a handle on it. Even that one time Zach and I tried to play through the whole thing. <laughs> like, of Streets of Rage 1, wasn't it? Um, yeah, probably. But I never really felt... I just felt there were certain enemies in it that were just like, oh man, I don't know how I'm supposed to hit this properly. We just sort of bumbled our way through. That's because you only get, like, one shot and you have to do it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um... I mean, the boss, the bosses in in Streets of Rage Four do have like epic health bars, and it's um, but they the the story mode lets you play each stage individually, so it's not like it's a. I think there probably will be an arcade do it in one run, um, mode eventually. But at the moment, I'm I'm only working through the story mode, and it treats each stage as an individual run. Um, so you get your three lives back, and you get rated on whether you're you know how many of those you've got left at the end of the stage. Um, but even so, there's been moments where it's been tough. <laughs> like, you know, you hit, hit, yeah. hit a stage the first time and you're not quite sure how to deal with the new enemies yet and you just get your ass handed to you. And then 
pretty much every time I've done that so far, I've had my ass handed to me the first time I've tried a stage, and then the second time I've done pretty good. <laughs> so it's like I'm clearly learning. It's not like it's not just that the game is hard and it's like unfairly arcade style hard. It's that there are tricks to things, and that's great. That's what a beat 'em up needs. Perfect <laughs> in that regard. It's like really well done. I love its art style. I think the new cartoon yeah, it looks beautiful, doesn't it? I think the new comic book look really suits it down on the yeah, ground. It's great. Cool. There's a lot of detail, especially in backgrounds. So like, pay attention to the backgrounds. There's some great stuff there. There's like nods to the original games there. Um, there's you know occasional secrets to be found um, by poking around. Um, yeah, some really great like bespoke animations for each level. Um, uh, uh, yeah, no, it, it, yeah. I've only really been playing as Axel so far. I haven't tried the other characters, but he's like your middle of the road style fighter. He's going, you know, middle stats across the whole thing, and uh, yeah, plays plays well. He shouts "Rising Upper" when you do an uppercut, so you know, <laughs> you've got to have one move that you shout. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm generally very impressed by it, and I'm impressed even more by its soundtrack. Oh yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, awesome. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's got it's it's got that bit of the retro vibe going on as well. So that same sort of feel like the nineties cheese that Streets of Rage music had. Um and then kind of just goes with it from there. Like there's the it, uh it, you know, it starts you off in that place, but then isn't afraid of going a bit off the rails, doing something a little different, but it all fits, it all works. Like there's nice transitions of the music during a stage. So it doesn't just all hard cut into something else. It will transition into the next bit of music. It's really well done. Like properly well done. And I think a lot of that stuff I'm gonna seek out after I've played the game and just sort of listen to it like on its own, because it is great. You've got stuff compared by- to uh yeah, the game you can't get anymore, Scott Pilgrim or whatever. So, this is, yeah, I've been thinking about this as well. Um, I think in terms of gameplay, I still prefer Scott Pilgrim. Hmm. Like, I, I think Scott Pilgrim is a, is a top draw beat of that. Um, and it's, there's, you know, just not just in how it plays, but its style is fantastic. The pixel art is fantastic. Um, and it's, yeah, it's fast and furious and surprising and fun in all the right ways and it's got that little bit of progression in terms of things you can buy in the store and you can level up and things like that so it's yeah. uh uh I, I i i would still put scott pilgrim like way up there um and streets of rage 4 is more of a classic take of the beat up but that's no bad thing here really there's there's, there's a place for it and that place is right now in front of me right here right now <laughs> uh yeah, I really want to play that and get some multiplayer on in it as well, and like go go through that. Like, I think you can do it two player. I don't think it's got more than that, but uh, it's a yeah, it's it's really good. Review, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play more of it's it. Like, I'm, 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 it's it's longer than I expected as well, so it's. I'm at stage six, and stage six is the one I had played before. You know, that's not very far in. I think it's like 12-ish stages, maybe. Hmm. Well, okay, halfway through the main story then, I guess. But it's not, not a very long game because it's beaten up. But uh, stage six is the one I think I, play, I played at EGX. So, you know, <laughs> hmm. I, think, I think I've still got a lot of surprises ahead of me. Um, yeah. Enjoying it You interested it in that, Zach? 
not as a single player thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, can you play it online multiplayer? I think you can. Yeah, double dragon. Uh, well. Don't hold me there. I'll check. I'll check that. I can't remember. A lot of the yeah. options are grayed out in fairness until you actually beat the game properly, like through oh, story yeah. mode. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I'll check that. I'll be surprised if it didn't because this is. Yeah. I think this is like the same. I don't know if it's the same development house, but it's got that same look and feel as Windjammers 2. And Ooh, uh, like at yeah. AGX, the two were presented next to each other. So I think they're pretty closely related. Interesting. Windjammer 2 is cool. And that's, you know, that's going all in on the online, um, supposedly. So, you know, I'd be, I'd, I'd be kind of surprised if this didn't. But I, honestly, I can't remember looking. I just wanted to play the thing. Um, yeah, so it's available on Game Pass um, if you've got that. You've got no excuse. Play it. Uh, and I think that'll do me, I think. I'm not, you know, Valorant, Overwatch, Counter-Strike. Didn't play much Rocket League. Uh, yeah, didn't, Oh, still Yakuza, of course. The thing I've spent the most time with. Duh. Of course. How's Yakuza? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm getting to the point I think where the you know last time I said like the combat kind of sucked yeah. and all that stuff, yeah, like, yeah. and I think it did at that point in the game, and I stand by that. But I'm getting to the point now, thirty hours in, right, uh, where I've got enough of the skills and I've sped. I've basically sped up my. I think that's sped up my uh, like attack, and uh, I think that's that has actually made as soon as I've done that. I think the game has felt a lot better yeah, because I've been able to, I've been able to react better. Like the game has let me react to scenarios more effectively, um, and I think I've just had less. I've had better boss fights uh, since since that bit I got to before, um, and it, it feels like the game's flowing a bit better than it was. Um, I, I wouldn't say the story has got any better though. It's got like there's a lot of there's quite a few things in play, and it's trying to come together. Like you, you're the yeah, you know the mystery is slowly unraveling, but then there's always parts of it where there's like just something to the edge that's just hinted at the end of a cutscene or something. You're like, oh, hang on, wait, 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 why is he there? Like, what's what's that going to lead to? Like, why are you here? <laughs> what does that mean? And so you know, there's a little, there's still intrigue in it, even if I don't think it's quite as. I still don't think it's quite as good as the first game. And there are just moments where it sort of goes, takes a little bit of a tangent from like no real reason, it seems. Where it's just like, why am I doing this now as a main story quest? Right, yeah. And I guess you're trying to add some depth to something that you probably could have just done in a side story. I don't, it wouldn't have, it doesn't need to. There's some, yeah, some weird decisions about what should have, what is a side story and what is a main story quest. I think there are moments in the main story where they probably should have just been, that should have just been relegated to a side quest because it doesn't really reveal anything. Or not anything essential. There are moments where you might get a little bit of detail on one of the main characters that, but it doesn't really push the plot, if you see what I mean. And it's like, well, yeah. that, didn't need, that didn't need to be a main quest. But yeah, they made it one anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So there's moments like that. Um, I've been doing a few more of the mini game stuff. Like I've quite, as a, well, the game has a semi creepy streak, I suppose, at, at times. I haven't <laughs> semi creepy. I haven't okay. done the photo mini game because I'm a little bit terrified as to what that might actually be. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, there are there are moments where you still have to do a bit of the whole uh, I don't know dating sim like thing. Oh um, right, yeah. Which is uh, still mildly awkward when no like in the companion room. cafes and things. Yeah, a little bit. Well, you're you're running the hostess club in the mini game this time. That's what I mean. And I actually think that management game, although simple, is actually pretty good. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yeah, but it's the bits where like what you get like extra side stories spin off from that, and uh, so you can um, you can take your platinum hostesses out on dates (laughs) periodically. Okay. And it's like, okay, okay, but there's. I thought there was a bit of a love story forming elsewhere, and but I'm now going out on a date with my employees. Is it a date? Is it not? A, I'm, a, I'm a bit confused. What tone are you going for? <laughs> and of course, the answer to that is every tone. Every tone, all the tones. <laughs> it's a tone poem. <laughs> uh. So you know, there are moments like that where it's quite jarring. <laughs> it's just like I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm going with it. It's, it's yeah, it's still a super bizarre thing, but I, uh, I can't stop playing it. Oh, it's just there's just so Sweet. much to dig into. I just I just can't stop. <laughs> Perfect game for the times. Yeah, it's it's a bit of me. Yakuza in the past, Yakuza in the present, Yakuza in the future. Just keep keep Yakuzing. Just keep Yakuzing. Keep on Yakuzing. The problem I now face, right, is when I finish this, hmm. I mean, I've, I've got Yakuza 0 I can go back and play, and apparently that's, you know, although it has callbacks to the rest of the series, if, like, if you've played the games that are further along in the timeline, you yeah. can jump into Yakuza Zero and still have a good time. So I can, pro- I can sure. probably do yeah. that next uh, in terms of Yakuza games to play. Are you worrying then, about running out of Yakuza fix? Well, kind of, because then, like, <laughs> well, it, they're, they're huge games, so you know, it's, and, yeah. and and I might, le- I'm probably going to leave it a while after playing this before I go. That's into what I was zero. wondering. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, okay, after I play Zero, then what? Because the only other real option is. In the in the Yakuza, in the mainline Yakuza series is six, which is like a, you know a follow on from three, four, and five, right. which haven't been Kawamied yet. Ah, uh, yes. And we don't know if they're going to because they fairly recently put three, four, and five out as HD remasters on mm. PS4. Okay. Not and you know remaster being used a little loosely. Yeah, just HDified slightly. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's like there's, there's there's no real we don't really we don't know if they're going to give those the Kawami treatment. They might not, given their focus on you know pushing seven forward, um, or maybe if they do more with judgment. But then again, they've had these they've had these plates in the air for a while. They've been Kawamiing. They've been <laughs> prequilling. They, then they made six, and then <laughs> or whichever order it is in. Then they made judgment as a spin off from all this. Hmm. It's like there's a lot on <laughs> that studio, so who knows? Maybe maybe we will see more. But it's like I don't know. I'd, I'd be I'd, I feel reluctant to go to six. I think had I not played the rest of them. Yeah, of course. But you know, you've got a while before you have to <laughs> grapple yeah. with this issue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it, give it another year, and I might get around to zero or something like that. You know. And then there's seven. 
Indeed. What a time to be alive. It's the best time to play video games. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I wish there was more Majima in this one. <laughs> He's not everywhere. <laughs> Hasn't achieved that brand. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think he got bored of Majima everywhere. <laughs> Maybe. What a great system that was. Hmm. I also played Virtual On for the first time, because that's in this game. <laughs> what is Virtual On? So, it's, it's Virtua, as in Virtua it, Cop, Virtua Fighter. Yeah, so it's like it's it's an early, it's like a you know early three D Sega arcade game. Um, AM two type thing. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't know if AM two made it. Actually, I've got no idea. Um, but that, yeah, that sort of thing, um, and it's. I would say it's probably one of the earliest examples of the Japanese 3D fighter, like one-on-one fighting game, but with robots. Oh, okay. maybe an early. Well, maybe it is the progenitor of like all of the Gundam games, like all that style, or like behind like the Dragon Ball games, other than fighters. You know that style of like behind the back, weird 3D fighting game that the Japanese seem to really eat up. But the rest of the world seems to think it kind of shite. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced by virtual, honestly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't think it plays well at all. <laughs> but mainly that might be because of like the translation from the arcade is a bit difficult, right? So the 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 the, the arcade version you played with two joysticks in tank control configuration. Oh, okay. Um, and in this, they haven't mapped it to the analog sticks in that way. They've made it so you can sort of W, A, S, and D on the left stick and turn left and right with the right stick. But you're sort of limited by the fact that like, if you're moving forward, I can't, you can't turn as quick if you're running forwards because you're running forwards. And so the, the dual joysticks wouldn't have let you do a turn whilst moving forward because you'd have to pull one forward and one back. So it can, maybe the translation here like, hasn't worked and they like, should have just done dual analogs or something um, with tank controls. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really like how that game plays. <laughs> Fair. But no, I'm not sure I've played any 3D fighter that I really like ever. So if you're going to the arcade in Yakuza, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. avoid avoid Virtual One. Well, in fairness, neither of them are much much fun to play. Like you know, Virtual Fighters there, but playing against the AI kind of sucks because it's cheaty bastard. Um, but I bet playing that with another player, which you can actually do, you can play it two-player, um, is probably fine. Get your old old-school virtual fighter fix. Virtual fighter two point one. Hmm. I'm done. And and more end. Plan anything? Uh, I, I restarted God of War, playing a little bit of that. Excellent. Mostly forgotten how to play it, but getting, <laughs> getting into it. It's kind but of I haven't got to where it opens up into the hub world yet. So, hmm. uh, but yeah, that game is pretty good <laughs> hmm. and pretty good looking. Still, 
Did you try? Uh, you, does it have difficulty levels? I it has remember. new game plus as well. I, uh. I didn't. I didn't quit that because I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I probably lost all my skills. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. start from scratch. It does have difficulty levels. Yeah. I think you can change your dynamic on the fly. So. Oh, cool. I think. Yeah. But yeah, that first boulder fight is pretty epic. I've only seen that the one time. So. Mm. The first time I played, so it's like, oh yeah, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing, of course, during that. Yeah, not yeah. that you need to. Obviously, no, it's but... pretty. It's pretty. You know, uh, what's the word? Lenient with you during that. Yeah, just to make it super epic, but still, it was very cool. I've just gone through half a mountain. <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> boy. Yeah. Anyway, so that's cool. Uh, but. Uh, I don't think anybody else. No. When you're in the middle of something that you haven't come back to, <laughs> Gary's playing. Uh, watching Gary play some GK5 and and Red Dead. He seems to be switching between everything. <laughs> uh, hasn't even got midway through GK. Well, not even close. Third of the way, <laughs> already straight onto Red Dead. So, yeah. Red Dead as featured on Charlie Brooker's antiviral wipe. Oh yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, that was funny. It just makes me miss wipe. Is the problem. I know that's the problem, and that'll yep. never come back. That's the only reason it could ever come back, isn't it? <laughs> he couldn't even do it for the end of the year, um, but he will do it for this, I suppose. Stuck inside, and there was a. Um, I think they at the in the credit squeeze at the end of the antiviral right, they were trailing some. Radio program that Aoife was on from ex Eurogamer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, some BBC gaming stuff. Huh. Oh, so she's <laughs> she's following that. She'll be working for Xbox soon. That means because like that's what happened to Julia Harding. She was like a, probably yeah. She was a BBC journalist for gaming and then got picked up by Inside Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, what's the deal with Inside Xbox? Like, like, what's the deal with like platform-specific magazines in this day and age? Is it a magazine? Well, still? well, Inside Xbox isn't really a magazine. That's the. It's not like official Xbox magazine. I think that used to be the the, the one, right? Ah, uh, um, right, a future publishing style. Yeah, OXM. Um, I think that used to be the one. Inside Xbox is just their kind of weird. It's it's like the Nintendo Treehouse, right? It's their sort of. Oh, okay. So it's like official. It's their, pre- right. it's their presenter-driven, uh, yeah, oh, way of way that of explaining sense. things. Uh, it's like so. It's, it's like when they've had their had their crappier shows. They've been inside Xbox presented, right? So it's XO. Was it the one they've done for the last two years, which has always been not quite as nice as you want it to be yeah, in that's terms of one. an event. That's an inside Xbox event. Like Major okay. Nelson is inside Xbox. Right. Right. And, I see. Um. Whereas it's not when when they do like a big E3 thing, it's like that's not inside Xbox. That's no, like, that's full that's, on. Yeah. That's Xbox. That's just Microsoft corporate coming yeah. at you, right? Whereas Sony don't really have an equivalent, equivalent. for that. <laughs> Community. Yeah, so that's it. Apart from Return of the Obra Dinn, which uh, mm. you should watch on YouTube. Part three will be up next week. Yeah. Whoop whoop. Uh, I feel I, I feel like we I need to start taking notes. Yeah, I'm I'm quite concerned that we haven't got any names, but hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and there's it. a lot of people that are, that we 
it seems like we should be identifying and I think I need to use that focus mode more and look at people's faces and paint figure out who's who yeah I don't know I don't know there's clearly ways we can be solving things but they're just not apparent yeah well there's no harm in finding everything and then sitting there <laughs> trying to work it out I feel like what I need is like I need some the documents that are in the game but in a way I can see them in front of me like unfilled right like I want, I don't want like the FAQ version where they're all filled in. No, I just want the empty documents in front of me so I can be looking at them while we're playing the game right, and yeah. being like, "Oh, right, I can direct you." Like, can we just check this thing out that I've seen? <laughs> so now we're now you just want it to be a Zactronics game though, where he gives you a PDF file, which is <laughs> like <laughs> <Yeah>. the actual data, <laughs> or like keep talking and no one explodes, where it's like the manual that oh, you, yeah. have to, you have, have to have other players pass, 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 whatever that is. Yeah, so check out our YouTube channel to watch us playing Turn the Oberdrin and other games, I'm sure. Um, and uh, that'll do it for a salad cast, I reckon. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye. <laughs>